Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash from us films LLC, or just search from us F R U M E S S. And don't forget to like share and subscribe audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. We've never really done a Doyle episode, right? Um, it's always about Jerry and Glenn, yada, yada, yada. One, two, three, X, Y, Z. Um, we don't talk about Doyle enough. So real quick, before we even get to it, let's a little intro to Doyle. I mean, we all know who Doyle is. For those who are not aware, maybe for the f- guy who doesn't know anything about the Misfits and the Silence of Bees, first, that would never happen. Come on. I mean, that, w- that would never happen. Um, Doyle is Jerry and Rocky's younger brother, the Kayafa Ka- Ka- family. Live in Lodi, Grove Street. Used to, not anymore. Um, he came into the band. He learned how to play guitar from Jerry and Glenn. He came into the band uh, right after his 16th birthday. Uh, first show, Halloween, Irving Plaza, 1980. Opening up for Screaming Jay Hawkins. How about that? That's right. The Misfits opened up for Screaming Jay Hawkins. Could you imagine your first show, professional show, in a band is opening up for the legendary Scream Jay Hawkins, who was wallowing in obscurity at that time. It was Scream Jay Hawkins was very, very accessible uh, in the late seventies, early eighties. He was, he was performing. It, you could literally walk into a small, I, I forgot what it was. It was a small cafe lounge on the lower East side type deal. And Scream Jay Hawkins would be playing the piano. It was like that. And uh, it kind of kills me that I wasn't born yet because I would just totally be there every day and just watch I'd be like screaming Jay Hawkins, personal assistant and butler and drive him around. And it would be really awesome. Um, so they opened for screaming Jay Hawkins uh, and Bobby Steele showed up to the show. He didn't know that he was out of the band. Long story. Everybody knows that story. Doyle joins the band. He stays with the band. The band's lineup stabilizes. We talked a little about this previously. I'm not going to go too deep into it. He stabilizes the band's lineup in in a way that it would remain stabilized, not excluding all the the Graves years. It remains stabilized as as Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle, the three guys. It's Uncle Glenn, Uncle Jerry, and Cousin Doyle. I call he uh, Doyle is not an uncle; he's a cousin. Cousin Doyle. <laughs> I don't know why. Cousin Doyle. I like that. Um, and you know, he did Christ the Conqueror with his brother, which turned into the Misfits. In the, but that's the interim. But as a Misfits with Glenn Danzig, 
never had another Misfits guitarist after Doyle. And I know some of you nerds will be like, well, actually, AC Slade is also a guitarist. Yes, AC Slade is is there as well. But I'm just talking about in the sense that the lineup was stabilized from 1980 on, if you think about it like that, which makes sense. It made sense for, besides the fact that Jerry probably wanted his little brother in the band, it probably made sense politically. Um, it made it made things more convenient. It made things easier. They didn't have their guitarist wasn't living in another city anymore in another state. You know, Bobby was in New York and and those guys were in Jersey. And, you know, now all he had to do was knock on Doyle's door and Doyle would be ready to to play and they could even take him out on the road, you know, eventually. Um, so it was it, it was good to have Doyle in the band, the band also suffered a little bit as you know i'm listening to this bobby Steele interview that i the last one the oh no sorry the middle one from 2010 and he said i said so what happened to the misfit sound after doyle joined the band and, and you you left he said well the band's sound didn't really evolve i asked him how did the band evolve after you left he said i don't know if it evolved as much as it devolved and i thought that was actually very um, that was a poignant observation. The band sort of does. It devolves a little bit. They get faster. You know, Doyle is a school in Doyle comes from the school of Johnny Ramone down picking rhythm guitar playing. He's not by his own words. He's not that great of a guitarist. Here's what I will say. I've said this so many episodes. I'm just saying it here. Cause this is the Doyle episode. So I have to like repeat myself. Doyle. It, Doyle is really good at what Doyle does that's how you have to think about it is he great among like you know would you would you put him up against anybody else no but nobody does what doyle does nobody can get that sound at doyle's guitar when they punch a guitar whether it's good for the sound or bad for the sound as somebody recently said to me on the on the previous episode i think it was somebody mentioned somebody blew my mind maybe it was in the comment section I didn't know this. So Doyle, and maybe he'll talk about it in the interview we're going to go through. Doyle um, plays his guitar through a bass amp. I did not know that. So a lot of the, and again, not uh, not a music guy. So I'm talking in language that is not my own. Um, a lot of the tones are, all the tones are pushed down or there's a lot of heavy bass tones, right? There's a lot of heavy, sorry. There's a lot of heavy, yeah, heavy bass tones. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm I'm um I, I'm right about that. So so he uh it it makes his sound deep and thick. It's kind of the reason why Glenn has a second guitarist on stage because he can't he needs that other guitar track, a cleaner guitar track to to sing, to play to, whatever, to keep keep in track. AC's good. AC holds things together. There's nothing wrong with AC. AC's great. Kind of wish it was Bobby Steele doing it, but it's AC. And again, good on AC for having that job, and and he's great where he is. He makes the band sound great. I, I, I'm really I'm really stoked that they have both AC and Dave Lombardo. Um. So yeah, so Doyle plays. He he plays. He just has his thing. He has his shtick. He does one thing. He wears his 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 stretch his stretchy pants. He wears his big platform boots. He's super muscular. He's got, I mean, is there any more muscular guitarist than Doyle? You don't think of guitarists as like these muscle-bound guys. Like that's what Doyle is. He's like a He-Man action figure with a guitar, which surprises me that those guys never did He-Man versions 
of Jerry and Doyle. Like they should just do a whole Misfits He-Man line. Wouldn't you like to see that? I, I think that would be really, really great. I think that would work really nicely. Um, he builds, he also builds his own guitar. So the guy, you know, people liked again, and I see a little bit in the comments, so I'm trying to ignore it, trying to ignore the comments, but I see a little bit. So I heard somebody call him dumb or whatever. You can call Doyle dumb all you want, and he may come off that way, but let's let's give Doyle the credit where credit is due. Doyle knows how to build a guitar from scratch. He engineered his own guitars. Did he make the actual parts themselves? No, but he figured out how to put that all together. He makes guitars. That's number one, right? Number two, he writes songs. Like it or hate the Doyle stuff, which I think he calls iron punk. I think Sal, one day Sal said, yeah, they're trying to brand themselves as iron punk when we were in Sal's kitchen shooting an episode of Rock and Roll Cooking with Sal B. Um, they called themselves iron punk. To me, I don't know. It just sounds like metal. You know, I, I like, I like, there are a couple of songs I really enjoy. It's not, uh, Doyle's music is not particularly my cup of tea. It's okay. You know, just metal stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, he is an accomplished songwriter. You can't, I, I don't know about that gorgeous Frankenstein stuff, but, you know, he, the dude does know how to write a song. He writes all the music for all the Doyle stuff. You know, I've seen Doyle live where it's just Doyle with his guitar and he knows how to play. There's a lot of people. They're like, <laughs> talk about conspiracy theorists. There's this conspiracy that Doyle is just like unplugged all the time, or Doyle is never really playing or is not playing. Of course he's playing, dude. Of course he's friggin' playing. And the proof of that is that, like, go see a Doyle show. You'll see Doyle play, dude. Like, he knows how to play guitar, good or bad, or whatever you think about it. The dude can play a guitar, he can program drum tracks, he can play the bass. Doyle, and from my understanding, he does a little bit of singing, although not in a serious way, but more of like a scratch, scratch takeaway, which is why I think, honestly, I truly think that Alex Story and Doyle make a great team. They, they really complement each other very, very well. I think it's good that those two found each other and found a way to make it work, but more on that in a second. Let's, let's go through a little bit more of Doyle's history. So the band breaks up. We uh, the Christ the Conqueror years turn out to be like a guitar building workshop, where they workshop songs and they workshop their guitars and they're refining what will eventually emerge almost a decade later in the '90s, right? As the Misfits '95, they do the Misfits '95. They get a new singer, a young guy. He comes into the fold, and they go out. They record two albums of music that sounds nothing like the previous Misfits at all. So already you have that brand confusion. Um, Doyle leaves the Misfits. Uh, I guess, you know, there was, there was disharmony, a lot of stuff, disharmony. Um, you know, they did a, they did a wrestling thing for a while, which was kind of weird. Um, and then what happened was, I mean, we could do a whole episode on just this one night. What happened was one night, uh, the singer, um, I believe his name is Michael, right? Michael, the singer, um, Doyle, and um, a, a lad named uh, Dr. Chud 
all walked off on stage. They walked off. They walked out on Jerry. A bunch of stuff had happened between them, and they left. And then the, the uh, uh, Michael and um, David, the the the, the doctor Chud, his name is David. Michael and David um, never came back. And there was this weird. That's when we entered the era of weird misfits lines, misfits, misfits. And this is when it was Jerry's fits. It was no longer the resurrected fits. It's the Jerry's fits. Jerry took over singing and suddenly for the first time ever, you have the weirdest mutations of lineups. You have the earth AD lineup without Glenn Danzig with Des from black flag on second guitar. And this is when Doyle leaves the band. He can't, he's not down with Jerry singing, right? He's not down with Jerry singing and Des is there. And there are many, you know, why is Des there? Is, is that, is, did, did Des, and again, I don't know the answer to this question. I genuinely don't. I'm wondering this out loud. This is not, I am not stating that I know anything. I'm just wondering it out loud. Truly, truly I am. I don't know the answer. If anybody does know the answer, I would love to know that answer. Uh, Des come, joins the band in, in some sort of effort. And for the first time, they they have two guitarists. Um, why was that? Is is that Jerry and Doyle not getting along? And Jerry saying to Doyle, "Hey, man, I'll replace you, just like we we did with Zoli and Mike Hideous. Like, don't mess around with me." Was there an element of that going on? Genuinely curious to know. I truly don't. I'm not saying that's the case at all. I genuinely do not know um but that's what in interviews doyle has said i just couldn't uh, we were living a lie and I, I just couldn't deal with you know my brother singing i didn't like my brother singing i didn't want to have my brother singing anymore and so they they parted ways um jerry went on to do something called the misfits M25. Now, recently in the Lodi group, and if you're not in the Lodi, Lodi group, please join us. And by the way, if you're just joining us for the first time, please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. Holy crap, I don't have my banner up. What's wrong with me? This was this first grade. My Lord. Um, please subscribe to this channel. If you're enjoying this content right now, we do this every Wednesday. Turn on your notifications so you know when we're going live. So when I'm running late because I can't find my black hat and I have to put on my old video business media hat, you will know exactly the moment we go live and you can join in on the conversation. Eric uh, Welteroff knows this well. He, he's always trying to be on time. He's always trying to be on time, but he's, he sounds like a real good dad planning his son's birthday party. That's awesome. It's my daughter's birthday this weekend or next week, actually, and we have to do the same. So there's that. In any case, um, we were talking in the group the other day about somebody brought up the fact about the Crimson Ghost, right? The Crimson Ghost logo. And I made mention of this. And this is what, what when this started happening. At some point in the year 2000, Jerry starts to copyright or trademark various things under Cyclopean Music, which is his, like, you know, his uh, publishing. And he starts to try to redesign the Crimson Ghost. And that's what some of the people didn't realize in the thing. They were like trying to figure this out because Jerry was talking about how their logo looks a lot like the Crimson Ghost. And I think what Jerry meant and what wasn't getting translated through, they were they were talking about an interview with Jerry. What wasn't coming through was the fact that 
Jerry, and again, brilliant move, in order to sort of be in more control of the mark, the mark being the Crimson Ghost, he redesigned he redesigned um, the skull and, you know, the Crimson Ghost to kind of look more, like, different, look different uh, enough that he could copyright it. And so if you look at most of the releases, now, I don't know if it's every release, but if you look at a lot of the releases after the year 2000, you're going to notice that they don't have the the traditional Misfits logo. That's Jerry trying to, I'm talking about the releases, that's Jerry trying to change the, the branding of the Misfits. There's the M25 logo. You've seen that. This should really be its own show right here. Just the, the logo changes. There is the Psycho in the Wax Museum uh, uh, seven-inch logo. There is the Devil's Rain cover. All of these things is Jerry trying to rebrand the Misfits logo. And then Jerry does something that's so brilliant. I thought it was great. Sorry, getting sidetracked for a minute. I love, I said this when we did that, when we talked about Dead Alive, that Dead Alive thing. I love the the Jerry, the, the cover of Jerry like this. That's genius. And that's what Jerry should have done. The moment Doyle exited the band, he should have just made it fully Jerry. Just go full Jerry and call the band only Jerry. Like, Boom, dude, everybody's going to know. Only Jerry, uh, only Jerry and his Misfits band, you know. <laughs> so Doyle, Doyle gets remarried. He marries Gorgeous George, the wrestler. Um, and there's a whole story with her and Macho Man and Doyle that I'm not going to get into, but it's a really funny story um, about Macho Man co coming after Doyle. And Doyle, for once, Doyle, the largest scariest guy on earth is actually afraid of the the other largest scariest guy on earth you know um great story he starts a band with his oh that's right he so that was another thing too doyle wanted george to dance during misfit sets while jerry was singing don't quote me where i heard that i remember hearing it somewhere or reading it somewhere there was something like that and Jerry was like, you're out of your mind. I don't want to do that. Again, don't ah, do not quote me on that. Not sure if I, I may not know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to like racking my brain right now. Where did I hear that? I heard that somewhere. Um, there was something about that, but that was the seed for what would become Gorgeous Frankenstein. Doyle starts a new band with George. The idea being that Doyle would play music for George to do stripper dances some sort of like stripper burlesque dance thing. He makes some demos. And at this time, uh, he reconnects with Glenn Danzig and involved. He also had recently reconnected with Glenn Danzig because again, right around this time in 2002, Glenn, Jerry and Doyle, I believe Doyle is out of the band by this time. Glenn, Jerry and Doyle meet up. Jerry and Glenn have spoken because of the, 12 hits from hell kibosh that they put on whatever the thing on, on, on Caroline. And now they're talking about doing the misfits again. So they actually do meet up again to have those discussions. And then at some point, Glenn's father passes away. Uh, Doyle goes to the funeral. He reconnects with, with, with Glenn by themselves. Those guys start talking. He said, uh, Doyle said, uh, Glenn says, what you got? Or Doyle says, hey, I'm working on this thing. One, one of the two, something, something like that happens. And 
at some point, again, I'm not, I was not a fly on the wall for the conversation, but this is how the story goes. Glenn goes, I want to put it out. I'm going to put it out on Evil Live, your gorgeous Frankenstein record. And Doyle's like, that's a demo. It's not a record. And Glenn, being Glenn, is like, no, 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 we'll put it out. It's good. It's good. Hey, no, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. Let's put it out. Uh, I'll produce it. You know, I don't know what he actually produced. He did direct a music video. Glenn directed a music video for Doyle called Man Made Monster, I think it was. Something like that. Um, so Doyle starts this band, Gorgeous Frankenstein. They need players. They get First, they get a singer. His name is Landon Blood, uh, who's no, unfortunately no longer with us. Um, this guy, Landon Blood, from I, I guess he pulled out his demo tape or something. He was not right for the band. Doyle likes guys to fit a certain mold and image. You know, um, it, it, you know, just, you know, whether it's, hey, you got to make sure you can sing like Tom Jones, right? You know, um, so, so, so Landon didn't work out. Um, I think they had another drummer at the time. Both Landon and the other drummer did not work out. They also, this is at some point, at some time, this is when, uh, you know what it is? It's through Dr. Chud, Dr. Chud had worked with Argyle Goolsby. They had done a tour. I don't know if Goolsby played on Chud's record or not. The one record that Chud has ever put out in 20 years. He put out one record. He's done 12 songs in 20 years. In incredibly pro prolific guy. Um, but I think it was Chud who said, hey, um, you should you should try out this guy, uh, Argyle Goolsby. He can, he can write, sing, and, and play bass. So Goolsby joins. He's the bass player, right? He joins as the bass player for Gorgeous Frankenstein. And then they need a drummer. And so Goolsby is in a, Goolsby is in a band called Blitzkid. And he turns to his Blitzkid drummer, this uh, very young lad named Andrew Stripes Winter, who goes by the name in Blitz... Oh, God, what's his Blitzkid name? Uh, he goes by the name Jesco Devilance. That's what it is. And they all literally, like, overnight, this guy, Jesco, he's in the band, and the very first thing they do together is they do the man-made monster music video with Glenn Danzig directing it. Um, they go out, they do some... They do a bunch of tours... At some point, I don't know when, at some point, um, Jesco exits. I think he exits both Blitzkid and Gorgeous Frankenstein at the same time. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, again, off the top, literally off of the top of my head. All of this is off the top of my head, chronologically. He exits the band, and then Dr. Chud comes into the picture. So Dr. Chud joins Gorgeous Frankenstein. It's also at this time that Doyle has approached that young singer, Michael Emmanuel, um, also known as uh, Michael Graves, I think it is. And he says, hey, Michael, do you want to sing for my band, Gorgeous Frankenstein? And he gave Michael, there are some demos of Michael Graves doing Gorgeous Frankenstein songs. Um, it doesn't work out between the two of them. And as far as I know, apart from playing together live in 2009, that's the last time that they recorded together. 
at least publicly, maybe privately, I don't know. By the way, if you're just joining us right now, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. Subscribing is really key, people. I would really appreciate it. If you could subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, yada, yada, yada. Support the channel, buy a coffee if you if you feel like it. Leave a tip. Um, so, yeah, Michael Graves doesn't work out. Um, it's at this point. Oh, you know what it is, too? Landon might still be in the picture. I am so sloppy about this. Landon is in and out of the picture. Landon eventually washes out Landon blood. He washes out. And that's when Doyle, it might've actually been the day they did the man made monster music video. Um, Landon, uh, Landon blood leaves and Doyle turns to, to Goolsby and says, all right, you're going to sing and play bass. So Goolsby takes over those duties. And in order to do it, Goolsby, because he, he walks around playing the bass needs Goolsby buys a special headset to, to do that. He's, he's on this, he's on something like what I have right here, you know, um, and they're doing a bunch of songs. They have songs called like the reverse of God and like mother, father, like all these really, all of these, all of these songs. And <laughs> I really hope you buy me a slice of pizza after you slap me, Loki, really, truly. That's all I want to say about that. So they they have a bunch of songs. I, I, I listened to, to these shows. I don't think it was never that good. I was not a fan of any of this material. They did uh, Graves era misfit songs that Goolsby would sing. Um, they and yeah, they just they were essentially a, a three piece. It was Chud, Goolsby and Doyle and George would would do her burlesque dancing on the side on a, on some sort of burlesque pole where she would burlesque on the stage and they would open for Danzig. They opened for Danzig a whole bunch of times. As a matter of fact, one of the times they opened for Danzig is when Danzig fell into the pit and dislocated his shoulder, you know, and at the same time, Doyle is also the other thing I should mention about Doyle real quick before we get to our interviewee viewee. Oh my God, this is really going through this detailed history. I didn't expect to get so detailed. Uh, Doyle is also doing Danzig and Doyle with, with Danzig. It's also what's known as Misfits Revenge, where the, the, the reunion didn't work out in 2002. And then all of a sudden, um, you have Danzig and Doyle going, all right, F you, Jerry. We'll do it ourselves. And they're out there. And people loved it. It reinvigorated Danzig. It brought a whole – Danzig probably saw such a jump such a jump in everything from having Doyle there. You know, he started to realize, you know, you watch those videos of Glenn holding up his microphone and he doesn't even have to sing. You know, he does Astro Zombies and everybody's just woeing for him. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful. And again, if you've been to a Danzig and Doyle set, if you've been to an original Misfit show, you know the echo of that woe when everybody's doing it at the same time. It's unbelievable. And I think most of us as, as Misfits fans were satisfied with Danzig and Doyle doing that thing because we knew that he was never, that they were never going to reunite. You know, at the time that was huge. It was huge in the community. Oh my God, Danzig and Doyle are going to do Misfit songs. Glenn Danzig is actually acknowledging that he was in a band called the Misfits. What? 
what? Ah, Mr. Central. Ah. You know, everybody, everybody was just, and you know, I, I remember getting those, those bootlegs, like the electric factory one in particular, and just listening to it over and over again. It's only like eight songs. I think they did blood feast over and over and over again. And just reveling in the fact that these guys are doing these songs now. It just blew my mind. Anyway, back to Doyle. So Doyle's doing all of that stuff. At some point, um, Doyle and Goolsby are, are writing songs. They're, they're going to put out a new album or something. At some point, um, Alex Story enters into the equation. Alex, there are some demos of Alex Story doing gorgeous Frankenstein songs. And I got to tell you, they sound great with Alex Story. He kind of brings this Earth AD thing to some of those, whatever the demo was that I heard. And I was like, damn, that sounds like an Earth AD song. I'm going, all right. And, you know, again, that's what Doyle wants. Doyle is like a, Doyle is a one note guy. He wants a front man that fits, you know, the image that he wants for his band. And he finds it in Alex Story. Um, the lineup changes again. They do. There's this big show. It's the only time that Graves and Danzig shared a stage together in December 26, 2009. Uh, Doyle performed Misfit songs, original Misfit songs with Glenn Danzig. Uh, he performed new Misfit songs with Michael Graves. It was almost a 95 Misfits reunion. Not quite. It was gorgeous Frankenstein with uh, Michael Graves as a guest singer. So it was three-fourths of the Misfits 95 lineup. Uh, Goolsby was on bass. At this point, Alex Story becomes the singer of Gorgeous Frankenstein. And he basically takes over, I don't know if he takes over writing duties, I don't know what happens, how that process all works. Um, that show that had Goolsby on bass and Chud on drums, Doyle on guitar, and Story singing would be the last time that Goolsby was in the band. He exits um, then, right there in 2009. They get, oh, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Graham. Graham from Graves, from the Graves era. They get Graham in there. Left-hand Graham, that's his name. Sweet guy. Like, nice sweetheart of a guy. I had the pleasure to meet him in 2014. Really humble cool dude and left hand Graham takes over bass duties and they they go out they're doing gorgeous frankenstein they're recording an album and at one point at, at some point sometime uh god they're so they're recording an album they're recording it with this guy named nick who i met backstage at a danzig show he was it was a danzig and doyle show he was there the guy who mixed the obama who who mixed and mastered the Obaminator record, who did a, a pretty great job at what he did, I guess. Although, you know, I do think Alex's story, the vocals are a little buried. They're a little too buried. And you can you can tell. It's just, uh, I would have had, I don't know. It just, the, the mix is a little, little weird. But Nick did a great job of mastering all that stuff. Really nice guy. Greek guy. I forgot his last name. Couldn't pronounce it. Greek guy. Um, he, uh... They're doing this album. Um, oh, no. I am, like, totally messing up the history here. Wow. S excuse me. This is not 2012. What Here's what happens. Um, 
Gorgeous George and, and Doyle break up. They break up, they get a divorce. Um, Doyle decides to change the name of the band to something that makes a lot of sense. See, and a lot of people take credit for this. Sal B told me it was his idea. Sal B said, I was the one that told Doyle, hey, why don't you just call it Doyle? Doyle claims that, I think it was Doyle who claims that he thought of it. You know, part of the problem is that Gorgeous uh, Gorgeous George owned, I think she owned part of the name Gorgeous Frankenstein. She might've owned a piece of the band, but they had broken up and they, I guess maybe it was a bad breakup. Who knows the state of the breakup? But in order to sort of separate the old from the new, because they were recording this new album, Doyle changes the band name to dot, 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 Doyle. Like, makes perfect logical sense, too. Just call the band Doyle. Duh. Why wouldn't you call the band Doyle? You know, he's literally billing himself as Danzig and Doyle. It's Danzig and Doyle shows. So why, you know, because a comment that Doyle would always get, a a comment that people would always, you know, make is, oh, Gorgeous Frankenstein. I didn't know that was Doyle's band from the Misfits. That was always a problem. So why, why, like, take the layer of confusion out of the way and just exactly why had Jerry struck out and just called himself only Jerry or Jerry only in Friends? He would have worked. He would have, it would have worked just fine. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't know. So, so, they changed the name to the band. They changed the, the band's name to Doyle. They're putting out this record obometer. There is a lot of disharmony behind the scenes um, between members of the band that I don't know if I, I can't really speak to it, but there's disharmony involved in the mixing process. Doyle has publicly stated that, you know, uh, Dr. Chud messed up recording the drums because they recorded the album themselves. They built a recording studio and they recorded the album themselves. They let Chud do the engineering and Chud messed up the snare. They had to like replace, they had to replace some of Chud's drumming because he messed something up. There was something, uh, band members didn't like each other. A lot of disharmony in, in that kind of way. And um, it all came to a head in 2014. And this is where I bre- ever so briefly bear witness to this band's history just for a monica tiny bit we're doing rock and roll cooking with with sal b and by the way i just found all of the uncut doyle interview segments i'm gonna re-listen to them i think i'm just gonna upload them to the channel uncut and just let everybody listen to it i think it would be fun i gotta make sure that i gotta just check it first but i'm thinking in my head i think people would enjoy that right so i'm gonna just upload all that stuff i'm sure you guys would like to see that right um, wouldn't want to hoard anything. So, so, um, we're doing this, this episode and we find out Sal B and I find out that Dr. Chud really screws over the band. He leaves Doyle and Alex story and left hand Graham without a drummer because he, he pulls, this is not the first time he's pulled this tactic. He's pulled this tactic with other bands. And the tactic is this, the day before a tour, um, demands are made for all of the money up front. I want all of the money up front, or I want more money than everybody else is getting something like that, making monetary demands of some kind. I won't, 
I won't uh, claim to know what they exactly were, but it involved money. You know, everybody's making this and Chud wanted this. And he's literally leveraging the tour, which again, involves many working components. You know, look at a guy like Bruce who invested a lot of his own money into Doyle. Because what happens is at, at a certain point, when gorgeous George exits the picture, Bruce, who was a who was Doyle's guitar tech, and he was also um, Tommy Victor's guitar tech in Danzig, he befriends Doyle and he says, I want to manage you. I want to take over for you. And honestly, the smartest thing I think Doyle ever did in, in his whole career, one of, one of the smartest things he's ever done in his whole career was hook up with Bruce. I think Bruce has been really good for Doyle and helped him do a lot of things that have allowed him to sort of, you know, go out and be Doyle, right? Um, so that happens too. And then, you know, Chud pulls this power play. Uh, he walks. He walks off the tour. He literally does the worst thing that anyone can do in the history. I mean, I, I could think of fewer sins, especially, again, hey, musicians, challenge me to, if I'm wrong. Is there any greater sin than, like, walking off a tour at all? Like, is there any greater sin than, like, leaving a band in the lurch? You know, like, just not, just just, just leaving, like, leaving and, and leaving them uh, high and dry? I, I would imagine, because there's so much staked on, you know, the thing. And it's like, you can't, you're just going to leave, you know? Um, and so that's what he did. And they got Tiny, uh, Anthony Tiny, I can't pronounce his last name, from TSOL, one of my favorite bands. And I'd seen Tiny many times with TSOL. Um, so he took over and he learned the songs in like such a short period of time, like three days. He learned all these songs and they went out and they did a great job. I saw them, we saw them at Blackthorn 51. And, um, you know, just uh just trying to you know make it make it uh make it all work um we did that rock and roll cooking up so that's when that happened i i sat with it was just it, this was really cool i wasn't in the conversation at all i was a this is where i was a fly on the wall so i can actually speak to this it was me sal b and doyle just the three of us sitting on a couch at blackthorn right after the soundtrack and Salby and and Doyle are talking about how Chud screwed over the band Doyle and left them in the lurch without the ability, you know, without a drummer. And so I heard the, all that stuff firsthand. And um, so then what happens? So they put out Abominator, big success for Doyle, I think. It was a pretty big success. He really established himself as his own thing. You know, he established himself as his own thing without needing the misfits, which is something that Jerry has never done. See, if Jerry had, you know, taken, had, had done something else, then he could literally be out there right now. Well, maybe not right now, but like all those years that he was happy to sit on the sidelines because he was getting paid really well. He could have also been touring as some other project, the resurrected, the only Jerry, whatever. Doyle calls himself Doyle. He struck out on his own. So, you know, for all the crap that Doyle gets, I mean, you can't, I mean, the, he's a hardworking dude. You know, I mean, they, those, some of those tours that they do are grueling and his, you know, his, um, whatever, his routine is grueling. He's got to put the makeup on. It's a whole big thing. Then they released Doyle 2 as we die. Um, and that really brings us up. And then the Misfits reunite 
with Doyle, and they do great. The band has never sounded better. The missing ingredient, I, I said all that stuff about how great Danzig and Doyle was, but we didn't know how great things could be until Jerry only came back. Because having the three of them together on stage, just from a fanboy perspective, like your optics, what your optic eyeballs are seeing on the stage, and you're just going, oh my God, that's Glenn and Jerry and Doyle. Look, there's Glenn. Oh my God, that's Jerry and there's Doyle. And they're all together. They're on the stage. Oh my God. You know, like just freaking out that this is actually happening. Um, and they sound great, dude. They sound tight. They're phenomenal. Again, will they do an album? That's a topic for another day. So Doyle has done interviews over the years. He's really opened up a lot because he used to, like in the Misfits days, he never did interviews, right? Like in, well, definitely not in the 77 to 83 days, but he never did interviews in, in, the, in the 90s. And he really started to do interviews. First, he kind of had, a talking piece, a, a mouthpiece, do the interviews for him. There's interviews of him with Chud and Goolsby, and Goolsby's doing all the talking, or Chud's doing some talking. Chud's not, Chud should never do interviews ever, and doesn't like to do interviews, because if you ever hear Chud do an interview, he literally can't talk. He cannot, go Google, go 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 on YouTube right now and go search Dr. Chud interview, and you'll see, ah, hey, I'm Dr. Chud, bro. <laughs> Bro, now I need Loki. Loki, where are you with your left? <laughs> uh, I just want to say this real quick. This is Diabolical Bathtub is right. The rig rundown with Doyle is one of the best episodes. First of all, that's Doyle super like in his element. Doyle has talked about having anxiety or being very introverted. He's not an easy interview. As a matter of fact, two like I'll never get to interview these guys, but if I could interview two people, like the greatest interview challenge ever, like the Mount Everest of interviews would be Doyle. Even more so than Glenn. I think I could talk to Glenn if I had, if I got the chance. I've spoken to Glenn. I've had conversations with Glenn in, in his very brief, but I had a conversation with Glenn. I've spoken to Glenn. But I mean, I think I could find ways to talk to Glenn if I got to officially interview him in some way. I Doyle is like, mm, to disarm Doyle, that is, that's not easy. That is not easy to do. Um, that would be a very difficult thing. I've often thought about how I would do it. Uh, it would be like a mount climbing a Mount Everest. But if you look at the episode on this channel, we did rock and roll cooking with Sal B and I was filming Sal interviewing Doyle and Doyle is super relaxed in the interview. He's super friendly. And in that rig rundown interview, when he's talking about his gear, he's also super friendly. Um, there are plenty of painful interviews where you can watch Alex Story and Doyle totally screw with interviewers, and they do a pretty good job of it. And you know, and that's the thing about Doyle too is if Doyle doesn't like the interviewer, doesn't like the situation, there's some good podcasts with Doyle too. He he just immediately shuts down. No, no, no. Like every answer is like no or I don't know or yeah, you know, like just one worded answers. The dude puts up like this this iron curtain. You know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of interesting. All right, guys, it's time for the main attraction. Let's open up. Let's open up our magazine here. I like this digital connoisseur magazine. Now, should I do it like this? Should I do it like that? What is this? Oh no, we need it to be like that. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'll do it like this. Actually, 
it makes no difference. Okay. So let's see. I've never done this. I've never, I've never, I've not read this interview. Ooh, fancy guitars. This is cool. It's like flipping through a magazine. I hope this doesn't mess up my bandwidth, by the way. Um, I can already, I can already care. Let me, maybe it's a RAM problem. Let me just quit out of this real quick. Oh, there we go. And that's okay. Oh my God. Nope. That was a bad idea. Let's not even talk about it. All right. We're flipping through this magazine, but it's, it's taking a long time to get to the Doyle. Oh, we flipped through several pages here. Did we miss a page? No. Wow. These guitars are fancy. So for any guitar players, is this like, is this like, oh, there we go. There's Doyle. What is this? Um, can I can I magnify this? Because it's super hard to read. You guys are not going to believe this here. Could you believe that we are at our 25th issue? Me neither. Uh, and what an issue this is. I'm thrilled about this month's issue. You saw the cover, right? Yes, that is Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein of the Misfits. And he didn't pull any punches in this interview. Ooh, sounds spicy. Uh, before you head over to his interview, let me say that the rest of this issue lives up to what I have always wanted guitar connoisseur to be, a place where one can pause the journey of discovery into the world of Luthery. Just, I don't know, this is guitar crap. Sorry. I'm not a guitar guy. I don't want to know about it. Do any of you guitar players read this magazine at all? Ooh, these are fancy. Boots, 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 boots. Wow. Dude, this makes me want to buy a guitar. I like want to own these guitars. All of them. There's something. Oh, look at that one. That's pretty. Here we go. Here it is. Wow, quite a Doyle hates cell phones. That was an interesting. Um, maybe that's maybe that's why they did that because he hates hates cell phones. Let's see here. Misfits legend guitarist. Misfits legendary guitarist Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein is one of the most. Before I start, if you're just joining us, hey, if you're just joining us, please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, subscribe, buy a coffee, um, you know, anything. That sort of stuff. Please support this channel so that I continue to do this stuff. Subscribe. Okay. Back to our programming. Uh, <laughs> Misfits legendary guitarist Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein is one of the most recognizable figures in music today. Doyle replaced guitarist Bobby Steele and has kept busy ever since. You're about to discover why Doyle builds his guitars his new collaboration with Dean Guitars, and how important health and fitness are to the punk rock legend. In this very candid ooh, interview, Doyle is relaxed, charming, and quite vocal regarding the current state of streaming services and his healthy vegan lifestyle. Trust me when I tell you, you will think twice the next time you hit the stream button on your smartphone. Okay, so that's why this picture is there. And... Cool, man. This sounds really, really fun. This is by Kelsey Alonzo. And the, 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 the headline, the, the article is called Streaming Should Be Effing Illegal. How about that? All right. We're going in. We're going in. Ooh. Look at Doyle there. Excuse me. My, my nose itches. You know what's funny? Every time I scratch my nose, people think I do cocaine. 
It's like really hilarious. I can't tell you how many people have commented on videos and been like, hey, yeah, Jeff, you're doing some booger sugar, some nose powder. And I got to tell you, I'm sober. I don't do any drugs. That's the funniest part. But everybody thinks that I do cocaine. Cocaine! <laughs> what is it from uh, Metalaka? Dr. Roxo! Sorry, sorry. All right, back to the back to the back to the thing. All right, this is gonna be hard. Oh man, it's so it's so small. It's so small. I don't want to hear any of that's what she said jokes. All right, so guitar connoisseur, how are you, my friend Doyle? Doing good, man. I don't have a Doyle voice, you guys. Ah, dude. Thank you, Dagger, for the love. I appreciate it. I will definitely spend that money in Lodi when I go. You you got it, my friend. Thank you so much. Truly. Appreciate your support. Um, I don't have a Doyle voice, you guys. Doing good, man. How are you? Is that that's not Doyle? Um, GC. Living the dream. Thank you very much for talking to me. I'm really excited to be doing this feature with you, Doyle. Cool. 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 I can't do a Doyle, you guys. I can't do a Doyle. <laughs> Sorry, I just read a comment that I thought was funny. Um, GC, uh, so how have you been doing since the pandemic hit, Doyle? Well, about a year ago, we set sail for tour with Life of Agony in the States, and I got about two miles from our storage facility after I flew all the guys out, paid for the bar, uh, blah, blah. Paid for the bus, bought, you know, $10,000 worth of merch, set the bus up, set my dressing room up in the back room, taped everything down, finally, lay down, okay, let's go. Uh, got all my shit, you know, everything's done. We drove two miles. My manager calls me up. He says, turn around, the tour is canceled. I'm like, F you, man, you know? He's like, I'm serious, it's canceled. I said, call the effing driver. Why are you calling me? We got two miles out and had to turn around and fly everybody home in a rush. GC. Ugh, I'm sorry to hear that. Doyle. Yeah, it sucks. GC. Um, what project were you going on the road to remote? Doyle. Our second album, Doyle 2, As We Die. Doing the protein when uh doing the protein, which came out in May. So Doyle put out his own protein, right? He did his own protein powder, vegan protein powder, because Doyle is a, a muscle builder. What and whatnot, and yeah, that sucks, man. Everybody got everybody got screwed, man. Everybody got screwed by the um by by the pandemic. I got screwed. I talked about it in one of my episodes. You know, the pandemic has been good for me as far as getting all the songs I have written on my phone and in my head. I got like five more to go, and I'm done. I can't wait to be done with this shit. So Doyle is confirming that Doyle three. Oops, Doyle three, which he records, you know, riffs on his throne on his blah, 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 phone, uh, is almost done being written. That's cool. That's awesome. Good for Doyle. I mean, if listen, if you weren't making an album during this pandemic, I mean, like, come on, like, you know, I mean, what what a better excuse? I mean, what better excuse to do with downtime? Make an album at least. Um, what have you been doing to keep busy? I mean, he literally just said it. I was making an album. Uh, We've been all locked down. You can't go out. You can't go to concerts. You can't go to the movies. You can't go to restaurants. How have you been keeping busy? Doyle, 
I've just been tracking these albums. Wow, he says albums. It sounds like he has he's recorded so much material that he has enough for two albums. I've just been tracking these albums. A song takes me like a week to do, you know. It's a lot of playing it perfectly, which I hate. It's just so aggravating. I like things live, and whatever comes out, comes out. This is just like, ugh, I can't stand it. Who's producing your stuff? Are you the producer of your records? Doyle, yeah, I'm the producer. I don't need anybody to help me write or arrange effing music. It's so stupid. I don't know about that, Doyle, but if that's what you believe. So for all the GC, so for all of you who don't know, you grew up in Lodi, New Jersey. What was it like growing up there? Doyle, that was a long time ago, my friend. <laughs> See, Doyle could have given such an elaborate answer to that. And instead, he's like, I don't want to talk about that. So um, I'm, I don't want to talk about that. I'm just going to give you this one sentence answer and call it a day. Um, GC laughs. Uh, what do you remember about growing up in Lodi, New Jersey? Doyle says, I remember the way it effing smelled when we used to go to football practice. It smelled like fresh fret, but it doesn't smell like that anymore. I don't know. I only lived there for about 19 years, maybe. GC, at what age did you start playing guitar? Doyle says, I believe I was 13, which means that Glennon, okay, if, if that is correct, if it's not 14 and it was 13, that means that Doyle, wow. So Doyle was being taught guitar by Glenn and Jerry in 1977. So imagine the 1977 Misfits with Manny in the band, and they're teaching Doyle how to play guitar on the side at that time, because that's where he learned how to play guitar. Interesting, interesting observation. Um, GC, can you tell me about how you went from being a roadie to replacing Bobby Steele and the Misfits. How did that come about? Oh boy, here we go. Let's see what he says. Doyle, Doyle says, I was graduating eighth grade and my brother bought me a Les Paul from, uh, from one of Glenn's friends. It was like a 1965 Les Paul special. It was a nice flat top and it was nice, a flat top and started playing. Oh, it's weird. The sentence is weird. I, gra I was graduating the eighth grade and my brother, that's Jerry only, or maybe it was Rocky, probably Jerry only, bought me a Les Paul from one of Glenn Danzig's friends. It was like a 1965 Les Paul special. It was nice, a flat top, and started playing. Glenn showed me how to do the bar chords, bar chords on the E and A string. Jerry drew me a piece of paper with the notes for the first two strings on it, and that was it. The rest I just did myself. And then I would rehearse with Jerry and the drummer, that's Joey Image, and Glenn. And so I would just rehearse with those guys. And I just got a really quick handle on it, you know? I learned how to get a really good tone quickly because it's the easiest thing to do. What doesn't hurt your ear? What doesn't hurt your ears? That's the sound you want. You know what I mean? Why? Uh, what isn't harsh and abrasive to where you're like, I don't want to hear that one more second. I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that about. Doyle and Jerry's guitars, really. Um, interesting that those are the words that he uses. Um, I don't want to hear that one more second, you know? It's the sound you want. So I was about 15, and they were doing the recording of 12 Hits from Hell, which wasn't released. Uh, they kind of tried to slip that by us and put that out without talking to us about it. So that's why it got canned. That was the record where he, Steele, didn't show up to the studio. I was in the studio. He was going to use my guitar and my amps because it sounded better, and I had all my stuff there. 
he didn't show up. And Glenn just looked at me and said, F it, you play it. And I said, F yeah, I will. And I did. Ha ha ha. I, I mean, there's a lot more as far as far as you know, Kaiafa, Kaiafas that I've spoken to about this, there's a lot more to that story. It's not as simple as it's put here. But that was interesting the way he he put he put all that. Um GC, nice. I know you tour a lot. How would you compare touring in the early 80s and 90s to today? Doyle, the difference between the 80s and the 90s compared to today, especially in the United States, is that the crowds, dot, 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 sorry, got to go back up to the top, are nowhere near into music as they used to be. The shows were awesome. The fans would really go off. Now everybody's just standing there. They don't show up. Turnouts are a lot less. Hopefully this pandemic will turn that all around and make everybody realize, hey, man, live music uh, could be taken away from us. We should really appreciate it and go to the effing shows, you know? I mean, you're playing dates, and if you're not playing arenas, nobody's coming to your effing show. You know, I just have one thing to say about that, and it's this. Like, you could blame you could blame uh, the audiences for not showing up, but wh- where do and again, anybody else who's more versed in this, where did the promoters come into this sort of stuff? You know what I mean? Where where are the promoters in all of this? You know, like isn't it their job to promote the show and help draw the crowds? Like I know the bands are ultimately responsible for drawing the crowds. A band's brand name just being in that location is the draw. That's what sells the tickets and brings them in. However, the, and you definitely see this on Doyle shows for sure. I've seen it. There are so, and Michael Grave shows, definitely Michael Grave shows too. You have so many bands either paying to play or whatever the situation might be, subsidizing the guarantee for the headliner that. You're not, it's just like, it's like the system ends up being like that you're, you're expecting opening bands, like six or seven opening bands to bring the audience when really your name alone should be the thing that brings the audience. Am I wrong? Like, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm wrong about that. Like you really expect this local band called the Birch Beer Heroes the Birch Beer Heroes are going to draw their 17 fans, and they're one of seven bands. They're going to draw their 17 fans, and they're paying to play. And that money goes through the producer, uh, through the promoter, and straight into the guarantee to set up the show, to book the show in the first place. Like, you essentially have promoters, like, put the promoting on bands to do the promotion, you know, Again, correct me if I'm wrong. A good opening band does two things at a local level, does two things, right? One, they're local. So they have a sense of the local scene. And when they're playing, people are going to show up because they want to see that local draw. That's number one. Number two, they're they're play they're opening up for the big name band, which is going to make it even more appealing to people that are local going, oh. It's that local draw that I love so much and the big name, or it's the big name band along with the local draw that I love so much. 
I'm definitely going to go to this show. You know what I mean? But if you're like, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like nutrition. It's like, you're not giving the show the nutrition that it needs to bring the draw, the right kind of draw and turn out into the show. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. I might not be making any sense, but I just think that like, it's the system. The system is a little, like a little messed up. It's not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep reading guys. Let's keep reading. Jeff's just talking to his butt. Um, do you have any favorite places that you like to, uh, do you have any favorite places that you like either cities or venues you prefer, or that you just like to perform in Doyle says, well, I like playing in Japan. I like playing European festivals and I like playing arenas. I hate playing in pubs and bars. I hate that. Um, GC says, I wonder why. And yet what's sad or what's funny or what's, you know, ironic is that Doyle like gets booked on these tours where they're again, it's like six or seven bands opening. That's like a festival. Think about that. It's like a festival's lineups worth of bands opening for Doyle at like a pub or like a bar or at like a saloon or at like a tiny little club with a tiny stage. That's too small for Doyle, which I'm sure he's going to talk about right now um, in, in just a second. Um, GC says, I wonder why Doyle says, I hate when I get onto a stage so small and I can't even move. I can understand that. That makes sense. GC says, I bet you're a big guy. Uh, Doyle says, I've had my tech tape squares on the ground where I have to put my feet on the stage because they're so small. Uh, Sorry. I've had my tech tape squares on the ground where I have to put my feet on the stage because they're so small so that I have enough room to stand and I have room for the singer. I've pulled up to shows and I've looked at the stage and I'm like, our drums don't fit up there. We're leaving. Uh, GC says, Doyle, I really want to talk to you because not only are you an icon in the punk world, but you also build your own guitars. Early on, you were using an Ibanez Iceman. What did you like about it? All right, this is let's see how Doyle opens up with this part of the interview because again, this is where we talked about Doyle knows knows a thing or two about guitars. And again, one of the keys, I think one of the keys for like not just talking to Doyle, but to interview anybody, and something that I strive to do and I don't always succeed, but I strive to do in interviews is like you have to find like a topic or a kernel or something that the person want, like really, really lights up about. And sometimes that's, that's hard. Sometimes like, it's like pulling teeth and you're like trying your very best. And like, you know, again, sometimes like when I'm super uncomfortable, I'll actually over, if you couldn't tell, I over talk, I talk too much because I don't want there to be any dead air. And my interview subject is not very like responsive to the things that I'm saying. Um, so it's like, you got to find that kernel. And here, again, I suppose if I was going to ever interview Doyle, which I will not, but if I could, I would ask him, I would obviously go to, go for the guitar thing, you know, but I would find some really geeky, do my homework question, something really technical, maybe try to hit him at a technical level, not, not from like a nerd perspective, but from like a technical perspective and see how he responds to that. Doyle says about playing with the, the Iceman guitar. 
The thing that I like about it, I thought it was the coolest shape on the market. So that's why he played an Iceman, because it's got a cool shape. It sounds really good because it has a cool shape. And it was black. Ha, 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 ha. It's funny because there was a Paul Stanley one in Sam Ash by my house in Paramus, New Jersey. And my dad's like, what do you want for your birthday? I really want that guitar. It was like seven or 800 bucks. And he was like, that's a lot for a guitar. So I got the cheaper one. And it was funny because the kid down the street bought the Paul Stanley one, you know, and I bought it for him for like 300 bucks a couple of years later. But yeah, so I used to use the Black Iceman 100s. I think they're called. Doyle's referring to the Ibanez PS120. I changed the pickups out. I made my own pick guard so that it would look different. And it looked cooler than all the other guitars, I thought. So a guy who lived down the street, and you've heard this name a lot, this guy, George Germain, who was very instrumental to the Misfits, uh, kind of like a mysterious benefactor in many ways. He knew a lot about a lot of stuff, and he knew a lot about recording and, and guitars and things. And he kind of taught Jerry and Doyle about guitars and pickups and how to change out the pickups. And so that's what they started to do. And as you heard, they bought knockoff guitars. They had He had a knockoff guitar at first change out the pickups. And I think at one point, again, I have to check my interviews, but at one point they started buying guitars wholesale. They were buying knockoff guitars and replacing the pickups and then they would smash them to bits and spend all the, the money that they would earn in the band only to go into the factory and work their butts off to earn more money and then buy more guitars and go out on the road. Um, GC says, but then at some point you turn the page Oh, is this a, this is a spread. I mean, you look at this guy. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever shaken Doyle's hand. I have, I've shaken Doyle's hand several times and your hand fits inside of his hand. It's like, he's got this giant paw. It's like a giant mitt, like a baseball mitt of a hand. It's unbelievable. This dude is made out of solid metal and rock. Like I see DQ here says Guar. Doyle is like a living Guar character. How about that? It's like Dave Brocky like couldn't invent a, a realer Guar character than Doyle. You know what I mean? He's just like he's like an actual Guar character that's just like not as spiky or spits up like goop. Um. So yeah, and you can see here he's kind of like Frankenstein his guitar. I always thought that was really cool that he he did that. This was a shape that he drew over and over again on his textbooks in school and he said one day i'm going to make a guitar like that or it was always a design that he thought would be a cool guitar so that when he and jerry started to use the um the pro edge the the the, the machine equipment to make their guitars out of different materials they didn't use wood they used like graphite and stuff which i'm sure we'll talk about in a minute he he used that's the shape that he did to design his his um his guitar okay moving on sorry here's another picture of doyle and look, you see, look, he's got those. If he wasn't tall enough, he's wearing platform boots. He's got bolts on his knee pads. Now, why does he wear knee pads? Because he doesn't do any, he, he doesn't do any power sliding like Jerry. Jerry wears knee pads now too, but it's because he's doing all that power sliding. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. But just again, giant friggin' dude playing that guitar. Just insane. Really insane. He said, he decided this isn't really working for me. We talked to many builders, and I know it takes years to perfect the craft of building guitars. 
It's also been well documented that you're a skilled machinist. My question is, what kind of research did you do to build the now famous Annihilator guitar? And how how many did you build before you got right? This is interesting. Wow. All right. This is fascinating, you guys. Doyle says, I did zero research. I just started looking at Google over the last couple of years. When I was living in Vernon, New Jersey, my friend Jeff, hey, from down the street, came in with this guitar, like a soloist-shaped, sorry. I was living in Vernon, New Jersey. My friend Jeff from down the street came in with this guitar, like a soloist-shaped, like a fancier Strat. He was building it, and he was rooting, he was routing out this piece on it. So he cut it off. And I was like, what are you doing? It was him and a friend. His name was Rand Havner. You know, this guy went to music school or something like MIT or whatever the F it is. Doyle is referring to the, the Musicians Institute. I'm like, give me the effing thing. I put it on the machine and flattened the body perfectly. And we were like, whoa. So I started working with this guy, Rand, and we began making guitars. We bought a bunch of wood from Paul Reed Smith, and I had drawn on my high school books that your mom covers in a paper bag, that your mom covers in a paper bag. He tells the story a lot. Let's talk about how your mom wraps your textbooks in, in uh, paper bags um, for school. And I used to draw them all day, and I drew this, I used to draw on them all day, and I drew this guitar. So he drew, he drew this guitar shape on the textbook covering, paper covering. Um, and he liked it because it looked so effing cool. And then he was like, that's cool. And he was like, that's cool. So I told Rand, we should build it. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So I put my Iceman Paul Stanley that I bought from that kid. I, I, I put it on the floor and I put this drawing over the guitar and it was to scale. And I was like, oh my God, this is exact. And then we just drew it up and I started building it. The first one I made came out right. And Dean Guitars has it right now. They have it as a prototype that they're making a prototype out of, which is awesome, but they're copying it. So Dean Guitars right now is making a new type of annihilator and they've he's worked with uh, October Guitars in the past to do this, but now it's he's doing it with, with Dean Guitars, which I think is a more reputable, isn't October Guitars kind of like a fringe thing? Like Dean is like a main stay, that's like a main brand of some kind, right? So GC says, yeah, I do want to get to Dean Guitars, but if we can just quickly backtrack back to your Annihilator, how many of those do you currently have and tour with? Doyle says, I have five and they have one. So the one they've had since 2017. Dean has one since 2017? Doyle says, yeah, I dropped it off on tour. They thought, they thought I wanted something else. And then we just finally cleared it up a couple of months ago. GC says, and you tour with all four of them. Doyle says, they have the one I built. I tour with the other ones, and I have one I used for this award show for the revolver called the Golden Gods. Right. That's when they played They played with Metallica, when Danzig, and he did, it was Doyle and Danzig, and they did Misfit songs. And I hit it so hard, it just exploded. I couldn't believe it. Some of the body parts just disintegrated. And what's funny about that, he knew that the guitar was on the la its last legs. He's talked about this in interviews. They're going to play the Revolver Rewards. They're going to do Misfit songs. Uh, it's Danzig and Doyle. Um, they're doing Misfit songs. I mean, 
God, should I just pull it up, guys? I mean, we should really just pull it up real quick. If I could find it, I won't play the audio. Um, and he knew that it was on its last legs, so he he destroyed it. He had it destroyed. Let's see if we could find it. Danzig, Golden. Gods, here we go. Found it. That was easy. So here is Danzig and Doyle. Live at the Golden God Awards. Hold on, we want to make sure that it doesn't. We don't want that audio. There we go. Here we go. Super. Let's just get this super quick. Let's see if we can find the um the part where it shatters. Right. There's oh, someone's watching this on their TV. This is the full set. They really brought it. They brought it for that Golden Gods thing. Man, did a great job. Did a really, really great job for that. Look at Danzig. He's just, they're repping it. I, lo I love how Tommy Tommy does those little kicks when they're doing doing songs. But let's get to the Doyle part because we want to stay on track here. I just want to see if we can find the part where the guitar shatters since we're talking about it. Now, someone's filming this through a TV onto YouTube, so it's not perfect. Here we go. So there's Doyle playing the guitar, right? And he's just smashing it to bits. And I think at any second, it's going to break open. That guitar is going to explode. There's there's our buddy Steve. There's Glenn doing his thing. It's Glenn thing. Doing some sort of Misfit song. Is this? There's one more Misfit song. Yeah, here it is. So they're doing the Misfit songs. Look, Doyle's just, he's hammering away at that guitar. Just. Let's see if they get it on tape. I hope they do. He just wants it to break. Does it break? I don't see it breaking. Yeah, there it is. See it? It broke apart. Look. Here. You know what we can do? Check this out. Beauty of YouTube, right? Let's slow down the playback quality to... 25 speed. Let's see if we can. Uh, it is what it is. All right, ready? I'm going to play this real quick. All right, so there's Doyle. His guitar is about to be destroyed. They're finishing up. I don't know what song they're playing. Maybe it's Die Die or Last Caress or something. Boom. He's just he's pounding on it. He wants it to break. Boom. Boom. Uncle Glenn. There's Uncle Glenn right there. The crowd is going wild. Everybody's having a good time. Let's see it. I think it's right here. Ready? He he wants it to happen so bad. He wants it to break on, on the TV. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was. He makes it sound in this interview that we're reading right now. It makes it sound like it was an accident. It was an accident. He knew it. He wanted it to happen. My God, it's so slow. Hurry up. We don't have all night. Look, he's just trying to like make that thing bend, man. Sorry, the quality is so bad. They really, again, I got to watch this when, when I get off this channel because I really want to rewatch this. Oh my God, this is taking forever. So there we go. Did I miss it? 
He's having a great time. Ready? Oh my God. This is like watching grass grow. Here we go. Here we go. Boom. And it explodes in his hand. He's like, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Monster break. Monster break. And I think he actually repaired that guitar maybe he talks about it. Oh no. Oh dude, did I just lose the thing? My lord. Damn it. I lost guitar. We lost our guitar magazine. Hold on. Getting it back right now. Annoying is that. Here. Sorry about this. You know, if I had a good producer, this would not be an issue. I need to hire a producer is what I need to do. I'd like to hire a producer. Okay, there's the issue. Clicking it open. Here we go. Okay, we're back. We're back in business, but I don't remember what page we're on. We're going to have to go back and find it. Oy vey. That is really annoying. No, I don't want to do that. Don't make me do that right now. Sorry, you guys. So sorry, everybody. This is going to suck. Does anybody remember what page we were on? I just shuffled so many pages. Whoa! Ah! What's happening? <laughs> My God! <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, no, we still have some pages to go. Oh, my God! I'm being attacked. The pages. Hmm. There we go. I think we went too far. I think we went too far back. Is this where we were? Yeah, this is where we were. Cool. Cool beans. All right, let's keep going. So you talked about, I, it just exploded. I couldn't believe it. Some of the body parts just disintegrated. GC, can you give our readers a quick walk walkthrough of your live setup? All right, this is about to get really nerdy and geeky. Ready? I have, a, I have homemade cabinets that I made with four Celestians. I think I have GT75s in them right now. 16 ohms, I believe. They're in series. This is why I have a tech. Ha ha. I was using Ampeg SVT heads, you know, with the tubes. But when I go on tour, they take such a beating that when I have Ampeg repair them, they're like, what the F? What the F? It costs them like three to $4,000 every tour to get them working again. You know, because with all the driving around, the tubes aren't made for traveling. So I stopped using those. And I'm using these amplifiers called Matrix. And I carry three of them under one arm and three of my preamps onto the bus under one arm. That's the difference in weight. Those I don't know what that means. The SVTs are about 85 pounds each. Could you imagine the amount of gasoline it takes to push all of this on the road? Um, all of my techs were like, we love these amps laughs. I don't know why. I guess that's not. Oh, is he being sarcastic? Maybe the matrix is like a 1600 watt amp. It handles all the different ohms and has two volumes on it. One for each speaker. 
and like say if you want to put the bottom cabinet louder than the top so it doesn't rip your head off you can do it so you can hear it hear the top but it's not that loud it's cool and then here we go look he has this guitar strap vegan beast i think it's a vegan guitar strap i'm sure they're going to talk about veganism on here because doyle never passes up an opportunity um had those custom-made preamps. I run those through a pedal board, which goes through the effects loop, and that's pretty much it. GC, that sounds pretty easy. Doyle, yeah, until I have to set it up all by myself. Ha ha. GC, October Guitars was building your guitars back in 2010. Are they discontinued, or do you still continue to sell them? Doyle says, well, if they continue to sell them and I find out, they're in big effing trouble. You know, Doyle could literally just say, no, we don't sell them anymore. But instead, that's how Doyle chooses to answer the question. He says so many things in by just saying that one thing. Well, if they continue to sell them and I find out, they're in big effing trouble. Love that. GC laughs. Okay, so safe to assume they're discontinued. Doyle, Doyle says, it's discontinued because they never made me a U.S. model, so I didn't play them. GC. Let's get to the juicy stuff with Dean Guitars. Oh, boy, Dean Guitars. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, they are now building an Annihilator guitar. How did you collaborate? How did your collaboration with Dean come about? And why is Dean the right company to build the Annihilator? Um, Doyle says, well, if they can build a, gu a guitar for Dimebag, Dave Mustaine, and Mike, Michael Amat, and Carrie King, I think they can make me one. That's about it. Hardy, har, har. GC. Now this is a one-to-one -one model of what you play, or is it a modified, or is it modified in any way? Doyle says we're working on it still. As soon as I get go through the pro, uh, as soon as I go through the prototype, I like this, I don't like that. You know, I want to spend like a week or two with them, sit there and go over every little inch of it with all of my guitars. But the guy was like, I'm just going to copy this one. Let's just make this one, and we'll go from there. Um, GC says, Are they good? I like this. I don't like that. You know, I want to spend. I want, oh, sorry. I wanted to spend a week or two with them, sit down and go over every little inch with my guitars. Gotcha, gotcha. GC says, are they still using the same materials um, you use with the graphite center? Doyle says, no. And he says it with an exclamation point. That made Doyle angry. Rah! No, we're going to try and make them 100% out of mahogany. I don't know if I'm going to do a maple neck uh, on the production model and an ebony fretboard. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to see the sample. GC says, I'm a huge fan of ebony. A lot of guitar players like rosewood fretboards. They say that it's warmer. What does that mean? Guitar players, what does that mean? It's warmer. I don't understand. How is a, a fretboard warm or cold? I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to see the sample. GC says, oh, no, right. We already said it. Doyle says, I like ebony. I'm not too fond of rosewood. It's too dry and grainy. I like maple, but I hate the color. I also don't like the sound of maple. I had a guitar 100% made out of maple, and it sounds so shooty. GC, do we have a release date for the Annihilator Dean release? Doyle says, probably this year, I would say I'd have to go over to the prototype here. GC, have you talked about a price point with them? Are they going to be releasing... Are they going to be releasing an all the bells and whistles type and then a more affordable version? What's happening with that? Doyle says, I don't know. I don't know what they want to do. I would like to do three of them. I would like to do like an under 500 or 500 tops. You know, a lot of people buy them 
and put them on the wall. They don't even F and play them. They want it signed. And then a player's model, like you said, for like $800. The big boy one, $25 to $3,500 as well. But as I said, now, okay, again, hey, guitar players, tell me, what what's the difference between a guitar that's $500 and $800 and $2,500? This kind of blows my mind, like the difference. I guess you could turn your back to me and say, and, and say the same thing about cameras, and I could just apply that sort of mentality to it or like sound, sound like, like a microphone. But like it just, I don't know, it just kind of blows my mind. Gee, I guess it comes down to quality of parts. GC says, yeah, that makes sense. Let's talk a little about little bit about Monster Man Records. Are there any new developments going on with that? Doyle says, the only development I have is about two albums worth of material right here that I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that we didn't mention. When he started doing Doyle, he also started his own record label, which is now a subsidiary of uh, the dude from Megadeth, the, the mainstay of the dude from Megadeth, who has an, a record label that's like has Monster Man under his umbrella. And that was another thing. Just, you know, I said it the other day, you know, we were doing the Doyle, uh, the Jerry episode. Um, it's it was incredibly, incredibly prudent that Jerry started Misfits Records. It was a brilliant idea. It was a great idea. It was a great idea for Doyle to start Monster Man Records. You know what I mean? Um, it just, it, it made a lot of sense. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we get to the Spotify question, which is something that Doyle feels very passionately about. And he's going to, he's going to, he's going to talk about that. I'm sure. Um, so he's saying that he has two albums worth of material. So we got Doyle three and Doyle four on the, on the burner right now. GC says, what's the reason you wanted to start your own record company? And who are some of the acts that are on your label? <laughs> Doyle says, I have no idea what acts are on my label. Ha ha. I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't follow it. I wanted a label because I'm only going to sell X amount of records. I might as well keep all the money. You know, I'm the producer. I say when it goes, I say what the artwork is. I say what songs go on it. And I have no deadline. I don't want to work with, oh, you're going to make an album in three months. How's it going to be good? If you give me that effing time limit, I'm not going to be good. I got some things that I'm working on that I've been working on for effing 12 years. Everything he just said, except I think it's kind of like, it's kind of whack. You don't know what, what acts are on your label. Like he makes no bones about just like being brutally honest about how little, like he pays attention to certain things that even on like a, you know, a press label, like Doyle, you want to even just at least like pretend to admit. And, you know, you could go, well, you know, that's just Doyle. He's just a genuine guy. That's just Doyle being a genuine guy saying genuine things. But, you know, there's a there's a way to say things. There's a way to butter the bread. You know what I mean? You could still butter the bread even if it's a little stale. Um, but everything else he said there, the record label, makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense from a lot of perspectives. As a filmmaker, it doesn't make any sense for me to try and go – at, at, at such a small level, I'm just at, at so small, so small, so tiny, like a little grain of sand. You know what I mean? Just like very, very small um, to go and ask people for money and try and make their money back when I don't even know if um, what I'm going to make is going to be something that's commercially viable in the first place. You know what I mean? It's like if you're going to create, if you want to be true to your art, 
it's better to be in business for yourself because then you can be more true to your art, especially when you're so small. You know what I mean? Um, so a lot of that makes sense about the about and it and it plays into the mentality of what they learned from Uncle Glenn, you know, Uncle freaking Glenn. Oh my God, I just got a reminder tomorrow night we're talking about rent, the musical. Ooh, that's that'll be fun. Um GC says look at that. GC says, I hear you on that. That's why I started Guitar Connoisseur. I thought I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to talk to the people I want to talk to. I want to give people the kind of stuff I want to read, make other magazines. Many other magazines weren't giving me the type of content I wanted to read. So I hear you. It's incredibly liberating. Doyle says, yeah, I can't have someone telling me, oh, we're going to put a record out in March. No. (laughs) GC says, right. You haven't written anything, nor do you have anything prepared, but you want to pull 12 songs out of a hat. Doyle says, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be any good. It's ready to go when it's ready to go. That's when it's good. And while I do agree with Doyle, here's the flip side. Okay, flip side of this conversation. Ready? I'm going to paint you a picture. We're going into Beatles world for a minute. The be- It's 1960. And by the way, if there's one thing I can talk more about than the Misfits, it's probably the Beatles. I could talk about the Beatles forever. It's 1964, the height of Beatlemania. The Beatles have just played Ed Sullivan's show, February 4th, 1964. They have a number one uh, single in the United States, which is something that they wanted to have before they even made it to the United States. And that song was I Want to Hold Your Hand. The Beatles are on an incredible schedule. They are literally touring the world. They're putting out, they're contractually obligated to put a single out every single quarter. So four singles. In addition to those four singles, they also have to come up with an album's worth of material uh, that can't include any of the singles that they're putting out. So in addition to writing four singles that have four respective B-sides, they're also putting out two albums a year. And that's in 1964. They did it in 1963, 1964, and 1965. Now, here's the difference between 1964 and 1965. The Beatles also shot a feature-length film. So they did A Hard Day's Night, the movie, A Hard Day's Night, the album, four singles, world tours, um, televised premieres, all sorts of uh, televised um, you know, spots, television spots all over the place, yada, yada, yada. Did the exact same thing in 1965, two years in a row. In two years, they put out four albums, eight singles, two movies, and toured around the world. And every single thing that they did was, it was all in the top 10, dude. Like they held the top five spots in the top 10 spots. The Beatles are the goat, man. Now here's why I bring up the Beatles specifically. Because what Doyle is saying is not invalid. I, I totally can understand that. I, I can understand that from from one creative to another creative. Even if Doyle has created a lot more stuff than I've created. From one creative to to another creative, I understand that. However, there is also something to be said for, A, having limitation brings about creativity. That's one thing. When you're confined to a box, it causes your brain to work in a way that it might not have worked before. And you end up coming up with something way more creative than you ever would have than if you had the, the carte blanche all the time in the world, all the resources in the world. Because when you have everything, then something can be anything. But when it has to fit into a box, then it has to be a thing. 
in a box. And that leads to a lot of interesting directions that one would never take if they didn't have the boundaries put in place. Uh, An extension of that is time. A fire under your ass is going to cause you to, it could cause you to write really crappy, bland material, but it also might cause you to explode with creativity. Prime example, with the right kind of band chemistry, like the Beatles had, you have John and Paul, one of the greatest songwriting teams ever in the history of the world. They're literally on tour and they're writing the, 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 their best work. Their best work is being written while they're touring around the country, touring around the world, to, you know, wherever they were at. It's like they're in a hotel room and they're writing a hard day's night. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're in a hotel room. They write, ask me why. You know, if I fell, you know, they got, you got three weeks to write the album. You know what I mean? They wrote all those good songs. And as Steve Zing always says, it's always about the songs, right? You got to have good songs. And the Beatles, they had good songs, you know? And so I, while I agree with Doyle at the same time, I'm also kind of going, well, that really depends, dude. That, That depends on, you know, that depends. It's not, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. All right. So here's the big question now. GC says, so this is something that we chatted about in our previous conversations. And I think our readers need to hear your thoughts. How do you feel about the current state of music publishing today? Oh God. Here, (laughs) even Doyle says, Oh boy. Ready? Here it comes. He goes, Oh boy. Streaming is criminal. It should be effing illegal. It's effed up that anybody agreed to do it. If I was rich and famous enough, you know what I would do? I would do just like Lars did. I would get everybody together, every label, every band, every effing artist to put their ish in the same, sorry, to pull their ish on the same day at the same time and tell those mother effers to go eff themselves. We get like 0.00003 cents effing play. F you, F you, man. Do you want a glorified radio station? Pay us a radio station fee. Sorry, pay us radio station fee prices per play. Or here's a great idea. Say you have a membership, which is $30 a month for F and streaming, right? You want the Misfits catalog? Costs you a quarter. You want the Black Sabbath catalog? Costs you a quarter per month. You want the Beatles? It's a quarter. And then that quarter goes to the F and bands. That F and membership, uh, the F and membership fees can go to uh, sorry, the effing membership fees can go to F and Spotify. This way, when you get seven million plays, you make seven million quarters, not seven, not effing seven hundred bucks. Now, oh my God, there's so much to say about this. What, guys? Doyle's here. Doyle, Doyle, Doyle. Yes, Doyle. How are you, man? What's up? What's up? Doyle, how, can I ask you a couple of questions? Let me know if I can ask you questions. I'm going to keep reading your interview until um, you uh, respond. I'm so glad you're here, Doyle. This is awesome. You guys, I'm finally going to get my chance to talk to Doyle in in in, in some way, shape, or form. Doyle, it's so good to have you here, truly. Yes, I wasn't lying. I wasn't lying. Doyle is actually here. Anyway, um, Doyle, what? Doyle, why are you leaving? 
Doyle. What do you mean, good night to all, Doyle? Dude, don't do this to me. Doyle, how much of this interview is left? Because, like, oh, my God, it's a long freaking interview. It's not that I'm complaining, but it is a really long interview. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like a Santa Christmas miracle. All those people that left, we had, like, 80 we had like 85 people here before, and I'm sure they probably might have thought the same thing. And now we actually have the real Doyle, everybody. Doyle actually shows up to the chat. Not an imposter. Quite obviously the real Doyle. <laughs> That's so great. Um, the thing about Spotify, you know, actually, I got to tell you. You know, outside of that, the, the the statement that Doyle made, you know, that I used to, wow, Robbie's right. Doyle, why aren't you typing in all caps? If this is really Doyle, Doyle would be typing in all caps. I, I find this to be very, very suspect. This might be an imposter. I think we have imposter Doyle. Last week we had um, uh, AM and now we have imposter Doyle. My Lord. <laughs> nice Doyle shows up. Hope you're well. Yeah, Doyle showed up. Right. That's right. That's exactly what happened. Um, but I, I don't think Doyle's wrong with, with some of the stuff he's saying. Here's here's the ultimate thing that stinks about Spotify. And I love Spotify, by the way. Spotify needs to pay bands more. They do not pay bands enough. So many problems. Wait. <laughs> It's really him. He's got it's caps locks. Oh my goodness. All right, wait, hold on. I got an idea here. I got an idea. Sahara says, I literally just said to Joe, you can tell it's not him because he's not all caps locks. Yeah, but look, he just said, I break my phone. Sorry. This is quite clearly Doyle. This is clearly Doyle. Look. <laughs> Doyle, I'm so glad you're here. I, I, I can't believe that you're actually here. I, I'm like stoked. I am so stoked right now. I, like you made my dream come true, truly. Guys, Doyle's in the chat. What? Ask your questions to him. What do you want to know? What do you want to know, guys? Doyle's here. He's waiting on your questions. We'll, we'll wait. We'll keep reading Doyle's interview while he's... In any case, bands need to make more <laughs> oh my god bands need to be paid more however doyle this is where you're wrong spotify is not you can't make spot spotify is not about making money dude it's just not about it's not entirely about making money like it doesn't work the way things used to work and you're right lars lars was right you know, Lars, Lars and, and James and all the guys in Metallica, they were right to, to do what they did to Napster because look where we are. Look where we are now. But wait, what is this? If you say Doyle's name three times, he will show up and make sure you're lifting all your weights. Tells your girl to cook up a vegan omelet and then teaches you only scum steals art. All true. Wow. That was that's majestic, Michael. Thank you for that. Hey, Doyle, what guitar did you whack over that kid's head in San Fran? Yeah, Doyle. What um what guitar was used to 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 El Cabong the guy? Um, Rick wants to know Doyle if you're going to get vaxxed. I got my first shot and I'm really happy that I did. 
Um, there's no. <laughs> Look what Doyle says. Oh my God. There's no such thing as a Jersey accent. There's no such thing of Jersey accent. <laughs> Guys, Doyle actually showed up. We're doing a Doyle interview, and the real Doyle actually showed up. Look. No need of vac. I'm a monster. <laughs> oh my god. This is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Um it's a joysy accent. That's right, Pod. I agree. I, I fully agree. Oh my god. This is just this is just amazing. I'm I'm so stoked right now. I don't even know what to do. Like, should we just like should we just talk to Doyle, you guys? He's not typing fast enough. I want Doyle. Doyle, can you actually answer some of our questions? GC says, I read in an interview with Alex Von Halen on Outsider.com recently, and he says it's a bunch of ones and zeros. In old days, you get a dollar a record, and now you get 50 cents for 275,000 streams. Doyle says, oh, God. Is that Doyle? Is that something that makes you really, really, really sad? Yes, please. Doyle two hit me late. It only was like not my problem. Thank you. <laughs> Doyle. Doyle, can you spell Mississippi? That's what I want to know. Um, it's terrible. I like talking to I like talking about this stuff with artists and I think it's imperative we bring this discussion to light because many artists read this magazine. I'm just curious, at least from your perspective, what do you think happened? Because we have streaming television, we have Netflix, we have Prime, we have all this stuff, but actors and directors, they're still making pretty good money. Why that's not true though. That's just not true. Well, actually that is true. I mean, if you're a high-paid actor, but if you're a high-paid musician, you're making money. Um why do you think musicians are not as well compensated as other streaming services? Doyle says, because all these jerk offs think music isn't a job. It's one of the hardest jobs you can have touring and writing songs. You're making a puzzle for each song out of 12 pieces. It has to be different than the other one, than every other one in the effing world. Think about it. Well, I mean, come on. I think you're minimizing what acting is at the end of look at the end of the day. Spotify is a tool, just like everything else. It's a friggin' tool. It's a promotional tool. Should they be paying artists the money that they deserve? Absolutely. Frankly, they have enough money to be paying artists enough that maybe they can sustain themselves during these difficult times or during times when they're not touring. But at the end of the day, how else, if you're not a band like Doyle with the brand recognition, what other competitive marketplace are you going to be able to like branch into and hold your own? If you want your music to get heard, you have to be on Spotify. It's the same uh, independent filmmakers deal with the same shit with Amazon prime. It's the same exact deal. Um, Doyle, what's your favorite food to put your hot side uh, hot sauce on out of curiosity? That's what I want to know. Please tell us. Um, blah, 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 blah. I think even with touring, people say, oh, I don't want to pay this much money to go to the show because it's too expensive. 
I don't think they realize how expensive it is. You got all this gear. You got to travel. You got travel and lodging. You got staff that has to make sure you're safe, make sure everything works. You aren't just going to see four band members. There's a team behind them. There's a lot. There's uh, uh, That's a lot of money. Doyle says, the last tour I did in Europe cost me personally $30,000 to do. All of my guys got paid. I paid $30,000. Unfreaking believable. GC. If you just think about the kids today trying to make it in the music industry, getting there is extremely hard. Let's say you're going to do a show at your local pub or whatever it is. You got to rehearse for it. So you need studio time. You got to buy strings. You got to buy, uh, you got to buy chords. You got to buy pedals, amps, guitars, and all this stuff. And then at the end of the night, you got four people splitting 100 bucks for playing two hours, right? He goes, yeah, dude, you got to look at it this way too. You know what a boss, a bus you know how much a bus costs per month? $40,000. The bus company makes more money than the band. So this is a labor of love, says GC. Doyle says, oh, I haven't made money in a long time, unless you're doing misfit shows. Sounds like you're pretty much just maintaining. Doyle says, that's why I'm making protein and hot sauce, you know? Do you, all right, an honest question, Doyle. Doyle, honest question. Please, I want to know something. Um, do you make more money from your hot sauce and your protein than you do on tour with Doyle? I, I don't believe that's true. I think that's that's BS. Total, total BS. Um, hopefully, he's like, he says, I'm also working on strings and pink pickups and an, amplifi and an amplifier company. Hopefully this year I'm going to start it because the only thing musicians can't sell anymore is music. That's true. You got to sell everything but the music. The music has the music has technically been free since the dawn of Napster, 21 years. And you know what? Your brother, Jerry Doyle, your brother, Jerry, learned that a long time ago. Um, GC says, can you tell me how you've used your social platform for self-promotion? And is it an additional revenue stream for you? And Doyle says there is no revenue, but there is, but it is the only promotion we have because venues don't promote anymore because they think you have to do it on social media and that's it. You know, I don't say I'm playing somewhere. Nobody will ever know. Oh, wow. Doyle says there are no ads. There's no more posters up in town. It's just, it's up to you. GC says, so maybe it's not a direct revenue stream, but you use that to keep your fans informed for album releases or tours or anything that's happening and people come out because of it. Yeah. Doyle says, yeah, a couple, ha, ha, ha. But I've gotten really good stuff. I got guitars from people, chords, pedals, things like that. I meet people on social media and they're like, yeah, I'll send you that. Check it out, you know, but I don't make any money with it. But he could. He totally could make money with it, right? Ha, ha, no way. I tr I've trained and vegan protein sauces is just a... <laughs> Oh my god. That's amazing. Um, Doyle, who would win in a fight, you or Henry Rollins? That's what I want to know. Um GC, I've been seeing a lot of this vegan monster protein on your Instagram. And before we get into the protein itself, when did you become a vegan? Doyle says 2013. Ugh. GC says, How did you initially get into veganism? Doyle says, the food was just so effing good, I couldn't take it. That's what it was, the food. My friend Toby from 
H2O told me about it back in 99. We were on tour in Europe. He was like, I got to get me some fake bologna. I'm like, what the F is fake bologna? He said, I'm vegan. What the F are you talking about? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. We don't eat meat. He said, so I said, wait, you don't eat meat, but you want fake bologna? And I didn't get it. I could, I could tell now in hindsight how he didn't want to explain it one more time. So then I started dating my girlfriend in 2013. And she had flown out to New York. She had flown out to New York to see me, and we were running around the city. And I had to get her back to the airport, and we were starving, looking for something to eat. He tells the story all the time. Doyle, you tell this story all the time. And I was like, F that. I'll never eat anything in front of you that you don't want to look at. And I never did. And every time we would go out to eat, I would take a bite of the food because I didn't know what anything was. So she ordered everything, and I would take a bite, and my mouth would drop, and I'd be like, oh my God, this is so effing so good. And the food was so good. That's what sold me, the food. Later on, I was informed of all the effing animal abuse happening, farming and all the horse shit and the videos and all that shit. But it was the food. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I will admit, there is some really, really, yeah, I agree, Dagger. I hate these parts. I hate these parts of the interviews. It's just like the same answer over and over and over again. And I do have to agree, uh, vegetarian Indian food is delicious because it's just seasoned more. I don't know. I can't explain it. it. It really, there really is something to, you know, how vegans season their food because, you know, they're not, I don't know. Hey, um, Riff wants to know that there, uh, Doyle, Riff wants to know that there was talk about you guys doing a new album as the Misfits. Is there something that's going to be taking place anytime soon? He wants to know. Um, what is, uh, GC says, so it's partly how good the food is, but then it is also that you don't hurt animals or animals aren't being harmed. At least you're not contributing to that market where they're killing animals. Doyle says, yeah, once you realize you're paying someone to kill that thing, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. You're right. You know, oh, they're killing it anyway. But no, you're paying somebody to do that. However, what he's not mentioning is all of the animals that are murdered. Um and there may not be the same as the meat industry, but lots of animals are murdered for vegans too, because they need that land to grow vegetables and lots of little mice and rabbits and things. All, they all get chewed up and spit out and, you know, poisoned by, by farms that, you know, need to grow this extra vegetation and stuff. Not saying that it's not, I'm saying it's definitely better than say what the, the industrial, the evil industrial farming industry does. But I mean, Doyle, let's not pretend like, you know, there, there's not death in veganism too, because there kind of is a little bit. Robbie, I'm so there. I would love to go. I, I would love to go. You, 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 you remind me. You remind me. Um, GC says, what's the biggest mis misconception people have about being vegan? Doyle says that it's not real food. It's more real food than anything else because it's just natural effing food. Well, that's not true. It's processed too. I mean, everything gets processed. But believe me, if I'm going to Burger King and I could choose between an impossible burger and a regular burger, I'll take the impossible burger. Why not? You know, fruits and vegetables and grains, and it's just real stuff. The only thing I had to change, here's another spread. Here's another spread. Streaming is criminal. It's, you know, Guitar Connoisseur Magazine, using the famous Monsters of Filmland font, 
is so like like 15 year old music misfits fan it's kind of whack not gonna lie little whack there guys he says the only thing that i was eating was whey protein and chicken breast and i didn't want to eat the chicken breast i was eating it because i was working out i'd have to cover it in effing hot sauce and honey and all kinds of stuff just to swallow it the switch was easy because everything else i was eating was already vegan GC. So let's get back into monster protein. Tell me about the formula. How did you go about developing it? Again, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing. Ready? Doyle says, I was trying to do it for years. I was contacting all these different companies and getting samples. I couldn't find anything that I liked. And then I met these guys on Instagram, Conscious Muscle, and they started sponsoring me. I called them. They said, hey, send me some of that stuff. So they sent me some. And I said, well, uh, do you want to sponsor my tour? Can you send me like a dozen cans so I don't have to go buy it? Uh, oh, ouch. Look at that typo. Buy it without the U. And I'll post about it. We'll start doing that. And then I said, where do you guys get your stuff made? I want to do the same thing. And they're like, oh, we can't tell you that. And then I said, okay, I get it. And then maybe the next day I'm like, did you guys want to private label? Wait, did you guys want to private label? And they were like, let me talk to my partner, you know, and then they started calling you back. You know, I wish this was edited for clarity because it's really, it's transcribed exactly word for word, the way Doyle talks. It's hard to read back this way. And it's not because I'm a crappy reader. And I told them I didn't want the same flavor they had, but I just want to be different. Blah, 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 blah. This is good. Blah, 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 blah. I can't even read this. Blah, 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 blah. GC, obviously, what kind of stuff goes into it? Uh, what kind of stuff goes into it is important. But would you say the most important component would be the flavor? Doyle says, for selling it, yeah. If you're going to sell it and it's going to taste like effing hay, no one's going to rebuy it. You know what I mean? No matter how good it is for you, a lot of people won't drink it if it doesn't taste good, even if it's great for you. I mean, I will. I'll down it. I mean, I drink the shake like in three seconds, the whole thing. But you got to sell it, man. It's got to be really good. And this one's just so good. I love drinking it. It's effing great, man. GC says, I got to say, you've piqued my interest. I've been thinking about it for the last six months. I noticed that sometimes after I eat meat, I don't feel so good. Doyle says, oh, no, you won't feel good after that. Yet Doyle did it for 25 years. You're telling me in 25 years, Doyle felt like crap eating meat the whole time? I mean, come on. Look, I, I get it. I agree. I think being vegan is better better for you. You are better off. Look at Doyle at his age. You know, I mean, genetics plays a little bit of a part into it and working out, but it's good to be. I mean, look at me. I'm like a fat sack of shit. You know, I mean, maybe I should give it all up. Who knows what would happen? Point is, like, don't, don't, don't play into the narrative that every, you know, and it's not even like I'm, it's not even like I'm super sold on eating meat or anything. I'm just saying, like, dude, you ate meat for 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 years and years and years you've only been a vegan for the last 10 years of your life you know what i'm saying like come on gc says what would you say to someone who's considering the vegan lifestyle because it is a lifestyle right bill says yeah at first it's tough because you don't know what's vegan and what's not now you got to go to the supermarket and everything you want to buy you got to pick it up and read it because a lot of th uh, times there will be milk in it or fucking honey in it, you know, or eggs are just like, fuck, why is milk in this? It doesn't need milk. But yeah, it gets easy. And then it gets really easy, man. It's so much easier than you think. And now there are so many vegan options. See, if I was to go vegan, not that anybody is asking me my opinion, but if I was to go vegan, I would most certainly like, I don't, wouldn't beat myself up about it. If something, I guess I would try to stay away from meat, cheese, and dairy. 
And if there was a little dairy that was in some sort of processed product, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. I, I just would try and stay away from eating like actual red meat. Like it doesn't have to be perfect, does it? You know, we travel on the road and there are so many great restaurants, man. It's easy. It's hard at first because you don't know, but you can Google a lot of it and just learn the products that aren't vegan, you know, milk, your eggs, your effing beefs, your fish oils and all this horse shit. Um, the same thing with shampoo, shaving cream, all this stuff is tested on animals. So there's also vegan products like everything else, toiletries, clothing, everything, you know, GC says, is there anything you want to tell our readers? Anything you just like to get out there? Doyle says, yes, buy music. Don't effing stream it, man. You're killing it. You're killing the industry. Doyle, the industry is already dead. The industry is dead. It's a streaming industry. We live in a streaming world where people are streaming. Artists are getting paid through Spotify. They're just not getting paid enough. What are you going to, I mean, it's the same thing with taping songs off the radio. This is something that's been happening for time and memoriam. You know what I mean? <laughs> Doyle, why don't you answer any of my questions? I mean, come on, man. Like, just, just stop it with this. Stop it with it, man. Like, Spotify is, is here to stay. And you want to know something? Doyle is so quick to blame Spotify. What about the record labels with their record contracts and the streaming contracts who take a big piece of the pie? They take a big piece of that streaming pie. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of, it's kind of like, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of stupid, man. Come on. It's BS. He says, you're going to have these corporate effing record labels making these bands up. You hear these songs on people's Instagram posts and you're like, who the F wrote this garbage? What the F? How is it even a song? Why would anybody listen to this? This is what you're going to have. We're the artists, man. This is why you listen to it. That's why you're a fan, because you like what we do. And if you take that away, which is being taken away by effing streaming, it's nothing is being taken away by streaming. Everything was taken away almost 20 years ago. The record labels were, were, were killed by Napster and were, had been slowly dying ever since. Now they want a little bit of everything. They want a little bit of the touring. The, if anything, what artists should be doing is they should be unionizing with Spotify. They should be going on strike against Spotify until the, they re can renegotiate a standardized music streaming rate so that artists can get paid more money and actually get funds to go out on the road. Think about it. Record labels are like banks. They give you an advance, right? They advance you money and then you can you can go out and, and make your record and tour and yada, yada, and you pay back against royalties. Well, how about this? What if Spotify was able to subsidize those costs for bands with the royalties from the streaming? From the streaming? You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if you were getting paid enough money that you had enough capital to go out and do a tour, that you had enough capital to go out and record a new record, that you had enough capital to print merch. You know what I'm saying? The, the Spotify is not 100% the enemy here. The labels are the enemy too. There's a solution where everybody can win. You know what's funny, Doyle? And this is the honest truth. You know what's funny? All of us rinky-dinky little independent horror filmmakers we have all this little community. And you know what we talk about all day? We talk about how we wish that we didn't have our Spotify taken away from us because our Spotify was taken away from us. 
There are independent horror filmmakers that were making somewhat, somewhere around $10,000 a month, $5,000 a month, $7,000 a month, just from Amazon Prime alone in streaming royalties. Imagine if Spotify was paying Amazon Prime prices to artists. You know what I'm saying? Except the difference is you still got your Spotify and Amazon Prime got taken away because they closed the gate on us. Long story. I'm not going to get into it. So my point is simply this, like Spotify is a wonderful model. It's just not a fair model. So you proselytizing this message of like, don't stream it. It's just don't do it. It's evil. It's a necessary thing. This is technology, dude. Get with the times, Doyle. You're out of touch about this stuff. I understand where you're coming from and I respect your craft and I truly respect what you do, but I don't think you're looking at this in the right kind of way. That's the honest truth. He says, uh, I mean, he's, oh, oh, he says, I mean, listen to what Alex Van Halen said. He's right. What the F is that? I mean, if we ever do a new Misfits record, I'm going to fight for it to not even be on streaming. You're going to have to either buy a hard copy or buy it on iTunes or you're not getting it. See, that's what's so funny. Doyle's saying you got to buy it on iTunes. iTunes is gone. iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Apple switched to a streaming service, Apple Music iTunes, the way of iTunes is gone. Maybe there's Amazon Prime still has their surf, their service, but anybody who's anybody is going to buy the Misfits on vinyl anyway. And you want to know something? I bet you Dollar Donuts that if they ever did do a new Misfits album, the uh, it would truly be uh, 100% successful if they exclusively sold it on vinyl. I really, truly believe that. I really, really think that that's true. And you want to know something? It would get streamed so much the misfit stuff will get streamed so much i mean look at all the misfit streams on spotify i don't know the numbers off the top of my head can somebody look those up look up the numbers for the misfit streaming on spotify and imagine that that money is not all going to glenn danzig imagine that that money is getting split up amongst the misfits for a new misfits album there is plenty of money to be made how many how much how many streams is doyle getting for doyle because you have to imagine whatever doyle is getting he's just got to pay to some other thing like, for instance, uh, the tour bus costs $40,000. Why? Because Doyle can only tour on a tour bus. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, interesting. Robbie says, I would like to ask Doyle when the last time he bought an art. Sorry, I would like to ask when's the last time Doyle bought an artist's album. I would be very curious to know as well. You know, you know what? Me too. I'm sick of them as well. That's right. Sorry, I don't want to make that the whole <laughs> um I don't e mule. <laughs> um point is I like that, Rick. That's funny. New Misfits album should be eight seven inch records with only two one or two songs. You know, my no bunny box set. That's oh, I gotta show you this real quick. Ah, super bittersweet to show you this because this band is no more, but this is my No Bunny box set. This was one of my favorite out, al- most favorite albums of all time. Love Visions by No Bunny. He is a really bad person and has uh, disbanded because he did some really messed up stuff and like screw him. But 
he put out his album, his 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 self-titled or his Love Visions album on seven inch vinyl. So it's it's some it's like seven seven inches with two songs a piece, 14 tracks. Really cool. And I would love to see the misfits do that. I think it would it would they would sell a lot. It would be really, really, really great. Um yeah, I have to say, GC says, yeah, I have to say, I remember when I was a kid back in the 80s, I grew up looking at records. When me and my brothers were kids, we had Multi Crew and Ozzy. You remember that. The albums uh, that opened up, you know, like the gatefold. He goes, Doyle says, yep, all my albums opened up because of that. I do two albums in it, even though it's one album. I do it at 45 RPMs. Wow, there's a lot of typos in these things. So it, sa- so it sounds better. So I didn't realize that. So 45 RPMs sound better than 33 RPMs. I did not know about that. Um, yeah, it's just such a, dude, it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer, but it's a really cool set. Last DVD I picked up was a box set of John Wayne movies. Um, okay, hold on one second. Uh, he says, sorry, I lost my place. I did not know that. So 45 RPM is a better quality than 33 RPM. So the sound is better. I do four songs on the side. It's true because I don't have records or CDs anymore or any of that stuff. It's all on my phone. I don't know the names of anybody's songs. I don't know the names of the effing albums. You know what I mean? It's lame. There's such a disconnect now. I used to sit there and listen to Kiss Alive album and look at the album pictures for hours while I listened to it. So he's basically saying that the phone has made the music listening experience less personal and less intimate and um, imaginative than it used to be. And I, I totally agree with that as well. So there, even though the cell phone is convenient, that is, there's something to be said for that. It is true. GC says, I remember the first Wasp album record and Iron Maiden records I got when I was a kid. Me and my, oh God, the interviewer has to fucking tell the whole story. I'm not one to talk. I do the same thing. Me and my brother would just sit down on the couch and just look at the pictures. We'd be like, oh, look at that. Blah, 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 blah. He's talking about all the stuff he did. Doyle says, you know why we don't have it? Oh, no. He says, um, at the end, he says, when we were, when we were in high school, we'd go to Tower Records. This is the interviewer. Right, uh, right there on, you know, on 8th Street in Greenwich Village. We'd spend the whole day there just looking at stuff. We don't have it. And to this day, I miss it. And then Doyle says, you know why we don't have it? Because of these goddamn phones. We have everybody. Uh, we have everybody needs instant gratification. Where everybody needs instant gratification, everything has to happen within two seconds. It's like you push a button on your phone and you're like, "F, come on!" It took a second to come, turn on. What's the effing problem? Everyone's got this instant gratification. Everybody wants everything for free because you just touch something on your phone and it gets delivered to your house. You know what I mean? It's different. It's different than if you buy it. It's nuts, man. That's why it'll never be like that again. Um, he's The guy says, unfortunately, I don't think it will. I think machines have gotten too big, yada, yada, yada. He goes, now that I'm an artist, blah, blah, blah. Now that I'm an artist, I can't escape, but listen to music on your phone. And I have to say that even as an artist, I have to stream stuff to get it to listen to something. And it really sucks. What? What the fuck is this guy talking about? Doyle says, I won't stream anybody's shit. I'll buy it. If I have to hear somebody's stuff, I'll buy it. I guess that answers your question, Robbie. Bloodshed. Doyle says, two weeks ago, I've got the... (laughs) 
Vinyl from Death, all black punk band from Detroit. Great album. That's very nice, Doyle. Yeah, it's a good record. I like the death record. I don't like the revisionist history, but I like the death record. Hey, Doyle, what do you think of Paul Stanley's Soul Station? That's right. That's Paul Stanley's new uh, soul project, right? Spiritual Healing was their most exciting album. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. We lost. We lost our place. Oh, so he won't stream anybody's stuff. He'll only buy it. Good for you, Doyle. GC, I think we need something to happen. I mean, like the fact that people are putting out vinyl again, and hopefully record stores do come back. Everybody's. I'm just. Oh God, I can't read any more of this interview. I miss seeing shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. This interviewer is just. Uh, Doyle says, "Well, I have to apologize to the world because since the Misfits got back together, the world kind of ended." We did 10 shows and the world stopped. Ha, ha, ha. Wow. So it takes Doyle brings up the Misfits. The interviewer does not bring up the Misfits. Uh, GC, so so when things do get back to normal, are the Misfits going to pick up where they left off? Doyle says, I sure hope so. I hope we do an effing record. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope I'm involved in writing the music or some of it. I would love to just give everything I have here to Glenn. You know, either way, I'm using all this shit i got it's really good gc says doyle i want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me man i'm glad we finally got to get together and talk even if it's like this um it would have been great to come out to a show and meet you and talk to you in person but doyle says maybe it'll be a show someday who knows wow so there's nothing about there's nothing about the misfits you guys um all right that's the end of the interview i i, I got tired of reading it it's really the end there's that's what he says about the misfits he wants to give glenn he wants to give glenn his recordings and be a part of the writing of the music for a misfits record will that happen who knows who knows if it could or will okay let's hey doyle do you doyle um are you hooked up do you want to come on the show real quick buddy Doyle, I'm inviting you onto the show right now. If you say yes, I'll drop a link in the chat and you can come on the show and talk to me. And we can actually have a conversation, please. Doyle, have you ever hung out in the little cemetery behind Felician where they bury the nuns? You know what happened in that cemetery, Dagger, in 1982? The, 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 the river flooded and the coffins floated. Doyle, are you going to come on the show or what? child <laughs> guys oh my god there's just thousands of comments i can't get to these comments we're just gonna have to do like um comment episodes at this point because there's so many comments at this point that i can't even read all the comments it's just literally physically impossible i just don't think it's possible um what else is there doyle are you there doyle Doyle wants to record new missions. He most certainly does. I think he always has, man. I think Doyle always has. Now, will he be allowed to write music and play guitar? That's another story. <laughs> Hi, I'm Doyle. Vegan. Blah, 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 blah. Yakety yak. Blackity. 
I can almost imagine that being said out loud. Mr. Doyle, I hope it's punky as fuck, but heavy at the same time. We're going to do an episode solely devoted about discussing um, what a new Misfits album would look and sound like um, at some point in the future. I um, was also debating with someone about doing sort of a debate style thing. (laughs) Doyle, will you please come on the show and not just be in the comments? Can we talk? Will you come on my show, please? Doyle? Doyle! Come on, Doyle. Thanks to all for being in here tonight. You know what's funny about Doyle? And this is 100% true. If you look at if you look at pictures of Doyle's guitar neck, Doyle, I don't know if he still does, but in the early Misfit days, Doyle used to put tape, bars of tape on the back and it was color coded. And that's how he knew where to put his hands on the fret to determine what was an A or a D or a C, that sort of thing, or an E. So he would be playing and he'd look and right here, would be so he'd be playing and he would know where to put his hand and he'd memorize it, you know, green, 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 red, 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 red. Well, I don't know if it was like that, but you know, green, red, green, red, yellow, green, red, that sort of thing. Yo, uh, Doyle, it's Eric's uh, stepson's birthday. Um, and Eric got your hot sauce and they got to, to try it. They tried it for his birthday and he just wants to say respect. So, you sh- Doyle, can you wish Eric's um, Eric's son a happy birthday, please? That I think that would be a great, great thing you could do on this episode. Just wish him a happy birthday. Let's let's see if Doyle does that. Doyle blocked me on Instagram for calling him pussy whip. What? Unbelievable. Like the bad brains. <laughs> I'm in the bad brains documentary. For, a, for literally three seconds, you can see me in the Bad Brains documentary getting on a boat to go see the Bad Brains. It's pretty cool. Red, gold, and green. You know, Jay Shane, since you're a Bad Brains fan, um, did you see the – there's a video of them covering She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones, and they change the thing, and it goes into like – have you seen them dressed in green, down, down, green? They think they do something with green, red, and gold. Something like that. Something like that. I got to tell you, I was a little let down when I saw the Bad Brains on a boat because HR just stood there like this the whole time going. <laughs> he, like, did not do any backflips. I agree. Missing the old way technology blows. Dude, I mean, listen, it's good and bad, dude. There's good with the bad and bad with the good. What's up, Alan? Alan's back, everybody. He's shaving his eyebrows and painting his face. Give him time. You're right. You're right. Isn't it weird that Doyle used to have eyebrows, and then one day he was just like, I don't want eyebrows anymore. And he just, like, stopped having eyebrows. He just, like, shaves them. Like, it's such a – what a weird thing to do. It has to do with the makeup, I think, you know. Um. Was there actually ever a plan to put Vampiro in base replacing Jerry? Supposedly they were going to do an, a side project band. I think it was called Devil Devil or something. 
And yeah, Vampiro was going to be on base and Jerry was like pissed about it. Something like that. I totally agree with Doyle's statement on buying physical copies. It was way better than digital. Me too. I would much rather own the physical of anything over digital. I'd like to have a digital copy on my phone for convenience. However, we live, Pete, we live in a streaming age. It's a streaming age, dude. It's not a static age anymore. It's a streaming age. And it's just, this is the way that things have gone. And this is how you get noticed, you know? Doyle says he's getting bald on his brows. But Doyle, will you just come in to, Doyle, just come into the, the, come come on to the show, Doyle, please. I'm not going to do it. When Doyle says put out the link, I'll do it. And if he doesn't, He's got till 10.30. Doyle, I'm giving you till 10.30 to come on the show. 10.30, Doyle, if you can do it. Dude, hey, by demons, there is absolutely no need for that language. Don't do it again. We don't need that shit, man. Physical always gets you art and and all those very important extras. Yes, I mean, this is why I own, I still buy Blu-rays, man. Like, you know, I need to own the tangible thing. Does it even exist if it's not an t- intangible form? And that's the problem. That's how people steal music and movies so easily. Because they're like, it doesn't really exist. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not really stealing anything because it doesn't really exist. Digital is cool, but I love albums and mean to own the vinyl. Dude, in my perfect world, I listen to the record. This is what I do. I listen to the record on Spotify or I listen to the album on Spotify. Spotify alerts me that the band is coming into town. What do you think about this, Doyle? Spotify tells me that the Tijuana Panthers are coming into town. I buy a ticket to the Tijuana Panthers show. I go to the merch table and I buy the vinyl of the record that I love listening so much on Spotify. I shake the hand of the artist who made the record. I buy a t-shirt and then I watch them play the show and pride myself on my entire closet being full of band shirts. Imagine if everybody was as cool as me and did something like that. You know what I mean? Imagine if we had that kind of, if if all bands had that kind of commerce from the people that that were consuming their content, then Spotify would be a dream. You know what I mean? It'd be a dream. Agreed. Spotify does not pay the artists enough. I said that like a hundred times, Eric. I don't know if you heard it. But I said it 150,000 times. You know what I'm saying? Um, Won't catch me hating on Doyle. Dude could snap me like a toothpick. Because you think if you don't like Doyle, that his automatic response is to snap you like a toothpick? My eyebrows are leaving as well. (laughs) I'm into vinyl. Digital is like, go shit. It's, yeah, but I mean, listen, music is still music, man. Music is still music, but like, that's that's where people's morality shifts because they're going, oh, it's not tangible. Therefore, I don't have any problem stealing this thing. Only so much money to be spent. I buy albums, but only from the best of the best. Streaming is a great way to check out bands. I agree. I do. I totally agree. Diehard fans always buy their favorites. They should have made a last missile CBD. I totally agree. I totally agree. Wow. 5,000 records. 
What do you mean don't pressure him? He's going to come into my stream about Doyle. This is my Doyle podcast about Doyle. And Doyle is going to be in my chat and not come on my show. Doyle, get on this show right now. You know what? He's too much of a chicken. And he's got nine minutes to prove otherwise. That he's too much of a chicken. If I don't see a comment saying, give me the link, then I'm not throwing out the link. Misfits live album produced by Bob Rock. Yeah, right. Digital is too tinny. Thank you, Dagger Love, for the support. Is Doyle going to complete in the... (laughs) Yo, thank you for reminding that. Okay, let's talk about this for a minute. I want to put this out there officially. It's official. With Dagger Love's comment right now, Dagger Love put this comment out there. We are officially doing this. We are having a devil lock pageant from our other episode. Oh, no, it wasn't from our other episode, but we were talking about devil locks, and it suddenly dawned on me that there needs to be a devil lock pageant. So we're going to do it. I what The way it's going to work is people are going to send in their, their pictures of themselves with their devil locks, and we are going to judge the pictures. Me and a panel of judges are going to judge the devil locks. The ones with the best devil lock, or whoever gets the highest score, however we rate it, whoever gets the, we'll do it like out of 10, you know, with like the thing, like, you know, if you're doing the thing, whoever gets the best devil lock is going to get a special certificate stating that they are the winner of the streaming evil live devil lock pageant um, signed uh, number 138 of 138 and mailed and they can frame it and have it for the bragging rights. And they'll come on the show and we'll talk to them about their devil lock. That's, that's the contest. So if you want to sign up to be in the devil lock pageant, send me an email to video business media at gmail.com. Okay. There it is, baby. You can contact me in, in, uh, on my page. I'm going to put it right now in the comments. Okay. Real quick. Video business media at gmail.com. There you go. In the chat. That's how you sign up. When I get enough people signed up, we're going to have this episode. We're going to talk about the devil locks and you better make your devil lock look really great. So that's all I want to say about that. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, Dagger love. Uh, On my like fifth tub of, (laughs) wow. You like that. Sean, you love that, that, that vegan monster protein. There's a thickness to the sounds on vinyl. Okay. I used black electric tape. What, for your devil lock? That's what Doyle does. Okay, man, give me a minute. I'm training. You have six minutes, Doyle. Six minutes now, by my count, black. Yeah, Doyle. Aw, me too, Malprick. I did the opposite. I went carnivore for a while. Guys, this is my email. If you want to join... If you want to join, if you want to enter the Devil Lock pageant, just send me an email. Get in on this action, guys, while the getting is good. Do I need to jump on Zoom? Just commenting is the same as fan screaming. It is weak sauce, Doyle. <laughs> I think I'll really take my YouTube chat. What is it? <laughs> 35%. Wow. That <laughs> oh, 
Oh, look at that. Promo code from us from Doyle himself. Here, I'm screenshotting that. That's cool. Maybe this will get Doyle some transactions. Doyle, you're gonna kick gonna give me any kickbacks? Kickbacks for this? <clears throat> um yo, that code might be for real. Go ahead and try it. I, that Doyle said it, not me. I don't know if it's real. My devil lock is a black sock. Dude, Doom, I'm not even joking. That is hilarious. You shouldn't have said anything. You should have entered the contest and then done that. Like had a black sock on your head. Oh no, we froze. Oh, there we go. Doom, that would have been absolutely hilarious. And I just want you to know you might have won the contest and you just totally messed it up because you 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 told us what you were gonna do. You know. Do more Sam Hain albums instead. Every time someone says carnivore. Yeah, I Eric, same thing. I thought the same thing. Yeah, okay. So here's the deal. With the Devil Lock contest, everybody, you can totally, Alan, you can totally glue one on. The Devil Lock does not actually have to be a lock of hair. I should clarify that. You know what? I'm going to make a separate video about the Devil Lock pageant just so we can promote this properly. Um, the the What you do is... Anything can be a devil lock. How about that? So we'll have two categories, best devil lock and most creative devil lock. So whoever has the most, you can win the pageant for most creative devil lock, or you can win the pageant for the most beautiful devil lock. And, and yeah, so so we'll, we'll do a more official video about that. Doyle, you have three effing minutes. If I don't see you with that link, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, Doyle. I'm done. I, I love the promo link, but everybody wants to meet you, Doyle. We all want to talk to you. We want to see you. You didn't think this out very well, Doyle. Doyle, you didn't think this out, did you, buddy? You didn't think? Oh, my God. All right. This is hilarious. Jay, if you had done that and put your cattail over your head, you would pretty much have won that contest. You would have won that freaking contest. Damn free promotion from Doyle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Go buy some Doyle protein. Since we've talking about Doyle tonight, you can go to Doyle's website, buy some protein. I'm not sure if that promo code will work or not. Uh, don't get mad at me if that promo code didn't, doesn't work. That was Doyle who said that, not me. Truly, I, I, you know, I'm just so honored that Mr. Doyle can be here with us tonight. It's just so awesome, you know. all about the grooves on the vinyl i mean who else would it be he's talking in caps lock slash it's got to be doyle you know it's funny i saw you ever see a picture of the grooves on the vinyl it's like oh it's so crazy when you like look really close like microscopic on it or something just let him call in i doubt He's all doiled out right now. Doyle. All right. I'm literally putting the link out for two minutes, Doyle. You have two minutes because I got to go. I got to go upstairs in two minutes. Sorry, guys. I'm like, I like have a hard out at 1030 and it's 1029. I'm going to count two minutes on my timer. If Doyle doesn't show up. If Doyle doesn't show up, then it's then it's done. Ready, Doyle, this link. Is for you and you alone. If Doyle, if Doyle doesn't show up, if Doyle doesn't show up.
then I'm going upstairs. Call it a day. Ready? Set. What? What's this phone number? <laughs> like, why did you put your phone number there? Ready? There's your two-minute timer, Doyle. Boom. Dagger, I, you know, you should really write an email to Doyle because that's rude. How dare he make a code for my last name and it's not working? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. God, should we go to three hours? We always go, we always round off our numbers, you guys. Always round off your numbers. How could I not, though? <laughs> you know, Dagger Dagger actually forced me to stay up till 1.38 in the morning just so we could say that we finished at 1.38 and I listened to him. Guys, you need to guide me on the camera option. I don't know how to use... Come on, Doyle! Enough of this stuff! <laughs> Ten thirty-eight, and you'll be satisfied. Really? Well, I mean, at this point, we really should just make it for three hours. <laughs> I guess we should make it. Hey, you joined at the very end of this thing, man. Yo, Ballad. He was, dude. Ballad. I saw him commenting. He was here. Oh, here he is. Wait. Wait, I don't even want to pay attention to him because he's just going to start talking again. So, he who cannot be named. He who cannot be named. The promo code. You have to give him 24 hours in order to be activated. Okay, Doyle. So, Dagger, that's why the From Us promo code didn't work. Let's see if Doyle shows up. He's got I'm, – I'm giving it to three hours. Three-hour cutoff because we always round up, right? At three hours, we're done. <gasps> Can I make a suggestion, Mr. Red? And for everybody who's just joining us, please like, share, please subscribe to my channel. Please subscribe uh, and like and comment. It really helps support the channel. Uh, turn on your notifications if you don't want to be like Mr. Red and know when we're going live so you can join in the fun and the conversation, okay? I will check Friday. Um. <laughs> Dude, you're just you're just the vi you're an eternal victim. How you doing tonight? How's your how's your son doing? I hope everything's okay with you, uh, AM. Hope everything's okay. Yeah, crazy. Use the code tomorrow. <laughs> wow, Doyle, you're gonna get me in a lot of trouble if that code doesn't work. Holy crap, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. My favorite Doyle song is "We Belong Dead." I haven't listened to that one. I don't think is that on "As We Die." I got to check that out. This is true. Paul is right. That's the other thing about vinyl that's so great. Like, for instance, I don't know how much this No Bunny box set goes for now, but at one point it was going for $150. I don't know if it's dropped since the accusations came out against him. Let's see how much that, that No Bunny box set goes for. Vinyl appreciates. Vinyl is like a currency that appreciates in value, man. I'm going to ask Doyle the same shit I've been trying to ask him for years. Hey, thanks, Pete. You have a wonderful night. Thanks for joining us again, buddy. It's good to see you. Truly. 
Oh my God. Now, now he's never going to shut up. <laughs> I'm cool. Legit. Cause I came with Doyle's on camera. It's he who cannot be named. <laughs> that just makes me afraid to play my vinyl because it's a collector's item. I mean, that's why you need to buy two of everything, right? You have to buy two of everything. Let's see here. No bunny love visions box set. Let's see how much it goes for now. I bet you it's over a hundred bucks. You ballad. I'm going to give you a pass, but you, uh, he's been here the whole time. Like some sort of golem lurking in the shadows, waiting for his opportunity to join us and say hello. Actually, he he's, he's, he's been watching a bunch of videos. He watched a whole slew of videos. Here we go. On eBay, let's see how much it's going for. Ready? Oh, no, that's just the CD. It goes for $350. It's $1034, you guys. Six minutes left. Six minutes left. Can I make can I make a recommendation to you? Turn subscribe to the channel, turn on your notifications. That way you can instantaneously join in the conversation. Okay. Uh, press them all at 45 RPM, so there's 10 discs. Can you explain uh, Euthanasia 138? Explain how that works. Why is it that it's higher quality at 45 RPM? Do I own the box sets, Jeff? Um, are you talking about the Misfits and Sam Hain box sets? If if that's what you're asking, I do, do not own them uh, in physicality, but I do own them digitally. Let's talk. No! No! How dare you! Dagger, why would you say that? Why? I'm not, I'm not doing it. But I will tell you, I was approached by someone about doing a ultimate throwdown episode about this and like a marathon. Like we're talking about doing like a 12 hour marathon and it might go down. It might go down. It's like tape, the faster the tape, the higher the quality. Gotcha. So 45, which means you would need more real estate, which is why you would have less. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. 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 Okay. I gotcha. And that creates higher fidelity. That's very interesting. So then there's 76 RPM. Is that like super duper? Is that like 8K essentially when you think about it? 78 RPM shellac records for top fidelity. Wow. And that's what the 78s, like all the old records used to be like the glass records, didn't those all used to be seventy eight as well? If 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 uh, if if I know what I'm talking about, I may may or may not. This was a really good explanation of that, though. Thank you. You just you just literally laid it down for me perfectly. Um. Wow, for real, dude. You're joking. Am says. Uh, wait, are you serious? Are, are, is, are you talking about yourself or are you just saying in general? I'm curious to know. I live in Arkansas and went to a local record shop and found both Samane boxes and Mr. Boxes the same day and had to drop money on them. How much were they, Ballad, if you don't mind me asking? Kind of curious to know. He ain't coming um, out in five need beer. You know what? I'm I'm ending this at three three hours sharp. Yes, myself. And you want to know something? I'm not a dick. I'm not going to be a dick to you. I That's totally understandable. And you want to know where I would start, honestly? For Sam Hain, start with Initium. I would start with Initium 
especially the first side of Initium, because like Black Dream and Horbiz and Macabre, like that's a great way to sort of enter into Sam Hain. And then I would go to maybe November Coming Fire. No, no, I would go to Unholy Passion. I would go in order. And then for Danzig, dude, I would start with Danzig 1. Danzig 1 and Danzig 2. That That's really what you, that's your gateway right there. So Initium, Danzig 1, and Danzig 2. And you can listen to those records all the way through. I would start with Danzig before I start with Sam Hain. And the reason why I say that is because it might be more commercially accessible to you because Sam Hain is such a weird, it's weird music, dude. It's wonderful music, but it's like, it's, it's really out of the box. So it might be a more of an acquired taste. Sorry if I mentioned this before. Today's the 37th anniversary of the first Sam Hain show. That's awesome. At the Rock Hotel with, um, what's his face? Mrs. Fox, that was 99 Sam. You know, but those, those two were good investments because they appreciate and value. They're both out of print. Both hard to come by. Waiting for my stimulus so I can get the Sam Hain and Misfit stuff priorities. Yeah. In order is best. In my personal experience, I didn't care for an issue at first. Unholy passion was what wrote me in. Interesting. Interesting experience you had there. Yeah. Son of Sam. No, I mean, that's like a doom. That's like a kind of... Son of Sam is... Steve Zing from Sam Hain and Todd Youth writing songs in the vein of Sam Hain. Glenn did some guitars and keyboards and things on it. And they have Davey Havoc, whose vocals I don't really care for, singing. Um, but the songs are so in vain of Sam Hain. It is the perfect continuation of Sam Hain, in my opinion. And in a way, Son of Sam really is its own unofficial Sam Hain record. And it kills me that Steve. Zing himself just didn't take over singing. Steve Zing could sing for Son of Sam very easily and tour of Son of Sam, and it would be really, really great, you know? <laughs> it's very erotic. That's an erotic song, Unholy unholy Passion. No, Jody, you demand. Yes, that was his first and last show. Okay, guys, listen. At, we have 71 people here three hours into the show. I just want to say that's unbelievable. This is a new record. And I want to thank you all so much for coming out. Please like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Guys, please explore the channel. There's so much content, so much Misfit Sam Hain, Danzig content, lots of different content. If you like Return of the Living Dead, uh, just very I, – I, I talk about the stuff that I find interesting. And just explore my channel. Uh, I'm always producing new videos. I have enough clips to do a new video upload every day for two months. So, yeah, Ballad, I've noticed that too. It has grown drastically, and I'm really stoked about that. Thank you. And I just want to I just want to say thank you guys for showing up. And if there's something you want to see me explore, us explore, us together, because you're here in the chat, we're together, you let me know. In the meantime, we end the show the way we always end the show. Peace! And here, by the way, I see what you just wrote. Return of Living Dead is your childhood. Dude, check out my Return of Living Dead content. You are going to love it. We did a commentary on Return of Living Dead. It's on this channel. Hey, Rue. Rue is quiet, but he's always listening. Rue, good to, good to see you.
Thank you for going out. Thank you for going out.